welcome back, everyone, for your weekly dose of Vibing at 4 a.m. Um, I'm here with Josh, the one and only Josh. Joshua Wong. That's me. Yes. Here every and week. <laughs> we're always here every week. Back at it again. And this week, we have something a little bit special. We're going to do a themed episode. And basically... Um, we're going to do what's called a three by three, and it's going to be based around our favorite shows uh, slash movie slash general media. It was originally just going to be anime, but I don't watch enough <laughs> anime to fill out. A I watch too much anime. <laughs> well, Josh has the opposite problem, but basically what a three by three is, it's just imagine a three by three grid um, and each slot in the grid is just filled with one of our favorite shows so basically just a fancier way of saying our top nine favorite shows we stole the idea from trash taste but yes. it's okay <laughs> you heard it here first okay. we don't have to submit this to turn it in it's all no. right <laughs> but before we jump into that josh you did mention that I, yes. that you had an adventure to share i had a crazy Friday last week. Um, so, Friday, where do I even begin? I guess it was mostly the Friday night. Um, mm-hmm. And the theme of that Friday night was just talking to people that live in my area. Um, so, <laughs> what happened was that Friday night, I had a lab dinner. So, it was just the, the final dinner of the, like, for Christmas and for the end of the year, just to wrap up everything. It's like everyone from the lab comes and we'll just hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the lab dinner was in the city, in Town Hall. Uh, and it was it was at, oh, actually it was at Haymarket. Um, and it was scheduled for about 6.30. Uh, so for me, getting to the city is not that hard. Um, usually nowadays I like to drive everywhere, but there's no way I'm ever driving to the city because I <laughs> hate driving in the city. And I even beyond hating driving in the city, I hate parking in the city. <laughs> so I thought, OK, I'll just catch the bus today. Oh. I'll catch, you know, <laughs> I'll take my chances with Sydney public transport, catch the bus to the city. Oh, no. um, I can <laughs> I can already get the sense you understand where this is going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But. I get to the bus stop, which is not that far from my house. It's maybe like a five-minute walk from my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get to the bus stop around the block, and uh, there are two other people just waiting for the bus there. Um, there's like an, another Asian guy around our age, and then there's like a middle-aged Italian woman um, just also standing there. Um, and so I get to the bus stop with like a couple of minutes to spare from when the bus is scheduled to arrive. So I checked review and it's, I mean, the trivia didn't really have it. You know how it says the thing where it's like no current information available. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just like, all right, well, let's just, let's say that the bus is on time. So I get there two to three minutes early and two to three minutes pass, no bus arrives. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, sometimes the buses are late. It's it's kind of wet. It's kind of rainy. Maybe the wet weather is, you know, causing a bit of traffic, whatever. So I'm waiting there. I'm waiting for a couple more minutes. The bus is still not coming. So I'm like, all right, well, I uh, guess 
This is Sydney Polytransport, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then it, the bus is so late that the next scheduled bus is supposed to come by now. Oh, so no. I waited like 10 to 15 minutes and the next bus is supposed to come. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm like, well, all right, I guess I'm going to be late, but not that late. Maybe five, 10 minutes. It is, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But then the next scheduled bus also does not arrive. <laughs> And so I'm just standing there with these two other people, and I'm just like, okay, this is weird. Um, <laughs> there's there's just no buses that are coming to, like, pick us up. Because we've seen some buses come by this road and, like, mm-hmm. by our stop. But the buses will either say um, not in service or uh, set, like, set down passages only. Then mm-hmm. no pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just waiting for these, these buses that don't exist apparently anymore. <laughs> And the weird thing is, earlier that day, my brother had to leave an hour before me to catch mm-hmm. that same bus to go to work. And he had no problems because he didn't call me or anything. Mm-hmm. So presumably an hour before, those buses were fine. <laughs> they existed. They existed. But around the time of 6 <laughs> to 6.30, these buses were nowhere to be found. And so I'm just standing there, and then the Italian lady comes up to me and the other Asian guy, and she's just like, hey, what's the deal with the buses? <laughs> because <laughs> I'm supposed to be in town hall by 6.30, and the Asian guy is like, yeah, I'm supposed to be at town hall by 6, and he is long gone by this point. <laughs> and I, I was talking to them, and supposedly, because they were there before me, and they had been waiting there for like an hour. And four buses had supposed to arrive, and they none of the buses had been there. No. <laughs> so, so we're just like, okay, the buses clearly not coming. <laughs> four buses, like an hour of waiting, that's crazy. There's no shot. And this is one of those bus stops where it's only that one bus route goes on this on the stop. Mm-hmm. So we're just sort of sitting here like a bunch of busters, just waiting for a bus that's not going to come. So we're like, all right, well, we all need to get to the city. So maybe we can all just, like, call an Uber and then split the cost. Mm. So we were like, okay, sure, that's that seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. I open Uber on my phone and I check the prices to go to the city. Mind you, I don't, I, I don't live that far from the city. I'm, like, a 20-minute ride from the city, mm-hmm. which is not bad, right? Mm-hmm. I check the cost. It's $90. <laughs> $90 no. between three people I'm not spending $30 for me to go to the city <laughs> that's more expensive than I, what I would have paid if I had to pay for dinner <laughs> there's no shot that I am paying $30 to go to the city there's no way No. and supposedly the reason why is because uh, Uber was in high demand at that time uh, I wonder why I wonder, I wonder why, why. <laughs> So the the three of us are just like, all right, well, we don't want to pay 30 bucks to get to the city. That's not happening tonight. And so what happens is the Italian lady was like, okay, I live kind of nearby. How about this? I can go get my car and then I can drive you guys to a different bus stop so that you can catch another bus to go to the city. <laughs> and so... Everything is, like, playing out in my head, and I'm my critical thinking is going to overdrive. Because on one hand, I'm like, all right, well, 
I've been taught from a very young age about stranger danger <laughs> and getting into getting into cars and vans that, you know, offer something too good to be true. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I need to make it to this dinner. <laughs> so I just sort of look at the other guy and I'm just like, oh, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? She kidnaps the both of us and kills us or we get to a bus stop. So me and this guy get in this lady's car. Turns out she's a lovely lady, did this out of the kindness of her heart. She drove us to a different bus stop, which is maybe like a 20 to 30 minute walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, so just up the road, onto the main road. And so me and this other guy basically get off at this bus stop while she drives around to look for parking. Mm-hmm. And so I catch the next bus uh, with this this other Asian guy to the city. Mm-hmm. And so that was the whole fiasco about the bus. Now. <laughs> There's more. There is more. So in talking with this guy on the bus, because like I, I was just sort of talking with both of them in the car, you know, just getting to know them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Marcia for driving us. Thank you. <laughs> we got to our events sort of reasonably on time. Um, so I was talking to this guy on the bus. His name is Daniel. Uh, and... We were talking, I think, at initially just about like, oh, yeah, you know, buses are not really reliable these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just complaining about that. And then I find out that he uh, is in the cohort below us, but he went mm-hmm. to the same high school as my brother. Oh. And so I was like, oh, no way. You went to that high school. And then uh, we were like, oh, OK, well, we'll let's add each other on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then we looked at each other on Facebook and we had like a couple of mutuals. <laughs> so <laughs> we were just talking about all the different mutual friends that we had. And, <laughs> and yeah, it just turns out that we just knew a bunch of people in common. Like he knows, he knows the cohort um, of psych, UNSW psych people below us. Oh, the, the third years? The current third years going into fourth year in honors. Oh. Like you remember that group chat? Um, yeah, yeah. That, that we had with the the soon-to-be honest people yeah, yeah he knew yeah. all of those people oh wait and um he knew like a really good high school old uh old high school mate of mine that i knew mm-hmm. since like primary school so yeah that was my small world endeavor a small <laughs> world experience of that that night yeah and what you just talking about last week how you're like i don't know if i have any small world moments recently <laughs> and then the world was like i haven't had any let me just give you one right now for the sake of next week's podcast it's good content <laughs> but yeah so that was my adventure on the way to my dinner i had to part ways with with daniel because he was running extremely late and basically got off the bus and just booked it <laughs> Um, and then on the way back, so that was the first thing. The second and third things are not that significant, but they're still like, it's weird that it happened on the same day. Mm-hmm. The second thing that happened was on the way back from dinner, I had found out that one of my, uh, people that work in that lab, in the lab that I did honors in, mm-hmm. just lives like two blocks away from me. Oh. <laughs> because- we both caught the same bus back and got off at the same stop and then just went oh. in different directions. Oh, what the... Oh, my gosh, that's kind of trippy. That was a crazy... I was just so shook. Um, <laughs> and then the third thing that happened was 
that same well i guess it's the same night but midnight mm-hmm. um that night an old primary school friend who i have not spoken to in over a decade just messaged me out of the blue on facebook and <gasps> i was just talking with him catching up and seeing what he's doing he's like he's, he went to take electrician now mm-hmm. yeah it was that was a crazy night <laughs> Wait, did he just just message just randomly? No reason, nothing prompted no reason it whatsoever. I was I was talking to Jackie about I was literally messaging Jackie about the insane night that I had just had. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then while I'm doing that, he messages me and it just says, "Missy Josh, how have you been? What have you been up to?" I'm like, <gasps> Hello, I have not spoken to you in in forever, bro. Bro, that's kind of crazy. I, I... <laughs> that is a very interesting series of events that happened to accumulate on just the one day. I was so socially overwhelmed. <laughs> very whelmed. <laughs> no, I'm not just whelmed. There's so much happened. <laughs> Introverted extrovertedness ran out. <laughs> the extrovert tank has de- has been depleted. I didn't expect to have to be extroverted at midnight that night. I thought <laughs> I'd gone through it all. <laughs> You're just running on empty for a little bit. Yeah, but that was my night, man. It was crazy. That was pretty crazy. Yo, I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but the, when you were starting with the, with the, I decided to catch public transport this time <laughs> instead of driving. Bruh, I knew, I knew. It all went downhill from there. <laughs> but sometimes public transport, buses especially, are just, there's always these moments of, ah, I see. I've missed this bus, so I'm just gonna walk to the bus stop at a leisurely, at a leisurely pace. And as you're walking to the bus stop, the late bus just goes zooms <laughs> past you, and I'm just like, why? Why would you do this? And then it's either that, or you're just waiting there for an exorbitant amount of time because it's just late, or you're just too early because you thought it was gonna come at a at a certain time, but then just doesn't. Sydney buses are consistently never there when you arrive. <laughs> They're and either always too early or always too late, but never <laughs> on the time specified by anything ever. Actually, it's so tragic. So tragic. But alas. Well, thank you for sharing that very, <laughs> that very intense experience. <laughs> I don't know how our three by threes are going to match in terms of the tone that you've already set for <laughs> for the rest of the night. But I don't know. Maybe we'll get as equally as tense. It's it's honestly been my favorite story to tell people since it happened. <laughs> That's a great story. I feel as if you'll be telling that story for many years in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I That night could have gone very differently for me. If that Italian lady 
uh, bless her soul, if she was not as kind, <laughs> kind-hearted <laughs> as I would have assumed, I I could be somewhere else right now. <laughs> there may be no episode five. <laughs> you would just be sleeping and not dreaming. <laughs> 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 for forever pretty much <laughs> pretty much okay right. so, so how did how did we want to do the three by threes do we want to do yours or do you want to do mine first yeah did we want to do it all of mine at first and then go to yours or did we want to do uh alternating sort of three by three how did we oh, want to Good point. I think maybe we'll do uh three like we'll do three each and then alternate. Oh, okay. Which uh will be interesting for me because I've I've made the whole grid. So oh, you could, made the whole grid? Oh <laughs> I my could God. visually show you. <laughs> Bruh, I just wrote mine in a list, a basic list from one to nine. And the first I would say maybe four or five. I was just, mm, this is definitely going in the list. And then the rest of them, they just thought, I don't know what to write anymore. Let me just talk <laughs> in some random ones. And then I had too many random ones that I had to weed out the extra ones. And we'll talk about them in the special mentions at, towards the end of the podcast. Of course. I also, I had the same the same problem. Because I, I was trying to think about them, like, while I was, like, in the shower or at the gym. Mm-hmm. Just whenever I had dead time to, to think about things. Mm-hmm. And there were always, like, the shows that were for sure going on my list. Like, no matter what the list is of, it's just <laughs> on the list. <laughs> and then there are shows that eventually I just sort of added things where it came to my mind where it was like, oh, this show is impactful in some way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, okay is your list primarily uh shows like anime My, shows specifically uh, or do you have other media types as well? i will tell you i have six anime mm-hmm. uh one western animated show Ooh. one just normal show and then one animated movie Okay, okay. It's pretty good. Pretty what good about list. you? Okay, I have I have one anime, one Western TV show, two K-dramas, uh, two... <laughs> I'm trying to group them all together. I have two Hollywood movies, or Western movies, um... I have one Japanese and Japan one Japanese animated movie, one Western animated movie, and one musical. You are way more worldly than me. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know what enough anime, so I couldn't. I was just like, I liked this anime and I liked that anime. <laughs> Bro, I don't I don't think I've watched enough anime to to say, oh yes. This anime has resonated with me. Most of them, I'm just thinking, ooh, nice art. Ooh, <laughs> great music. Ooh, the fight scenes. Honestly, that's you can I can respect that. <laughs> I mean, that's as far as I get when I watch anime. I just don't watch 
the other forms of media, it seems. <laughs> oh, the biggest thing is, ooh, look at the food in anime. Oh my god, <laughs> food in anime. It hits different. It really does. I remember my first, I think the when I was younger in high school, it's not in my list, but I was really into uh, anime slash manga series called Blue Exorcist. Oh, yeah, okay. That was, I don't know why. I just thought it was really cool at the time. <laughs> I was super edgy, I guess. But they, they made a movie um, about some side plot or whatever. And one of the characters cooks omurice. And then that was the first experience I had with how anime animates food. It's just so delectable. And it looks so nice because have do you know the omu rice where it's they've kind of enveloped it a little bit and then you slice then it down the it. Yeah. yeah that was the that was it was that one and I was just thinking bruh <laughs> bruh how is this how is this possible it always <laughs> looks so good <laughs> I would literally I saved the movie on my I had a Surface tablet at the time for school i saved the movie and i was just show all of my friends that one <laughs> clip i was just i was that person who'd be like hey yo you have to watch this watch this right now look how good it is meanwhile i'm just sitting in a corner eating my my sad lunchbox <laughs> you may be the first person to get so hype about omurice <laughs> that animated omurice Bro, it's so good. It was so good. I'll I'll see if I can find the clip. Maybe I'm I've I've hyped it up in my head so much because you know memories are fallible and whatnot. But mm. bro, bro. <laughs> it's just you no. Know, I respect it. I respect the dedication to Omurice. <laughs> but yeah, um, did you want to go with your first three and then I'll follow up, or vice versa? I can, what I'll do, I will send you my collage that I've made. Oh, yes. <laughs> Did you want my shoddy screenshot list? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I'll chuck it in. Oh, bro, this is so legit. <laughs> this is so <laughs> legit. I feel bad now. No, no, it's okay. Oh my gosh. Interesting. This is an actual three by three. Yeah, I I did the assignment. <laughs> you really you you really knew what the assignment was. You really went through you really understood the assignment, so. Uh Ooh. oh your this is interesting. I know I think five uh yeah. Five out of <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me see. Um, could, okay, I can say that I've heard them, and then I'll differentiate it from heard and know. Mm. So I know, I know six, and I've heard of one more because you've recently told me about it. <laughs> I see. Okay. <laughs> All right, I can go first then. Yes. Uh, I can talk about my top row. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my first three are Death Note, Naruto, and Vivi Fluorite Eye Song. Mm, yes, the Vivi 
um, one you told me about recently because you said you also just watched it fairly I, recently. It is the most recent anime that I've seen because I've been uh, slacking and just been watching like the World Chess Championship. <laughs> <laughs> just a casual big brain 5D head. Just, in. <laughs> just, just watching these grandmasters play chess and be like, hmm, yes, <laughs> outstanding move. <laughs> And I'm very like it must have been quite good for it. You have for you to have watched it recently, but already put it in your in your three by three. Yeah, I mean, so I I like to rate. For those who don't know, I like to rate anime on my. Instagram. <laughs> um, and it's it's the first ten out of ten that I've given. I thought that oh. the show was was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know anything about it? No. Okay. So it's it's pretty short. It's like only 13 episodes, I oh. think. Like 12 or 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the premise is basically the, the world is set in the future where um, these AI, which are basically just um, robots or androids, mm-hmm. they have become a staple of, of human life. Mm-hmm. And so... The way that they're developed is that every AI has a a particular purpose that they're given at their creation. Mm-hmm. And so the main character's purpose, Vivi, uh, or I guess her name is her the name given to her is Diva, but the name the human gave to her is Vivi. Mm-hmm. Um, her purpose that she was given when she was created was to make everyone smile with her singing. That was the mm. whole thing. The first episode is honestly so sick, but um, basically the premise is from there is that Vivi is the chosen AI um, to prevent the war, the future war between AI and humans. Mm-hmm. Because the opening scene of of the whole series is that war where basically um, I forget what the who the main antagonist is or if there even is a main antagonist but something goes wrong and the all of the ai become programmed to just murder all the humans um Mm -hmm. so you have ais that are just like supposed to be you know traffic controllers the ai that are supposed to like be helping people they all just become murderous and so they all just kill everyone Mm -hmm. and so um vivi's creator or one of the scientists sends a message back in time to previous Vivi, and she has to go through these series of arcs to to pretty much save the world and prevent that war between AI and humanity. Ooh, that sounds pretty interesting. So so (laughs) all I could think about as you were explaining the plot is, do you know the game? Detroit become human. Yes, I do. That's, that's <laughs> what I was thinking about. I was thinking about hmm, AI androids being part of human life. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, there's going to be a big war between AI and the humans. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. You know, there's going to be the one chosen one who's going to, I don't know, be the be the the hero of the story. Um, 
or the martyr of sorts, that type of character. And I was like, oh, <laughs> the parallels, <laughs> they're, they're coming together, coming together. But, I mean, they sound pretty sick, though. I, I'm, I've heard you talk about it, and I think before you just mentioned it in passing. And I don't know, for me, I have a list of things that I want to watch, but I always get sidetracked because um, whether I just procrastinate by watching YouTube or I play Animal Crossing and <laughs> Animal Crossing is not one of those games that you can look and <laughs> watch, yeah. especially anime. Um, so I'm trying to find hobbies that I can watch anime with because I now have the attention span of a goldfish and cannot just sit and I'll watch I just things. watch the show. <laughs> I can't just sit and watch a show anymore. I've been broken by social media. Okay, but you also fast-forward your shows, and that, well, not fast-forward, but you play that on a higher, a faster playback speed. It, it depends. Okay, so recently I've gone back to watching it on normal speed because I want to <laughs> make... Welcome back video- to the real world. <laughs> yes, I'm going back to the real world because I want to maximize the amount of time it plays. So um, so before I was, I was hand knitting something and so I didn't want to keep finding new things to watch. <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure the series that I was watching was going to last a really long time so then I didn't have to find something new to watch so I went back to watching it at normal speed oh okay interesting because I have whenever I watch a show I feel like unless the show is like a like a random sitcom something that's Mm non-consequential but most shows that I watch I give my full attention to Mm. because I want to experience the show as the show creator intended Mm, um, so that I can understand what if there is any underlying message because sometimes it's not it's not always that deep but in the case that it is I can act like a snob <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends that on the type of on the type of show or the media that I'm watching I think for for anime I mean the last one that I tried to start watching was Hunter Hunter and it was the beginning, so it was, you know, you know how long Hunter Hunter is. So I kind <laughs> yes. of just assumed that it would take a while for it to get anywhere because, you know, they're building up the world and whatever the main character is going to be doing, introducing characters and all that sort of stuff. So I was just thinking, oh, it's okay. I'm, I'm just let it play at normal speed, but it's also not something that I have to be in tune with. Um, whereas the other week, two weeks, I don't remember, but I watched a movie called Tick, Tick, Boom, and it's a musical. And so that, I was just thinking, ah, it has Andrew Garfield in it. And the reason why I put more attention into it is firstly because it's a musical and I wanted to have nice headphones so I could actually listen to the music. Also, secondly, I was just thinking, wait, Andrew Garfield can sing? What? that's crazy so I just wanted to be actually watching it properly at normal speed can I Um, ask a a seemingly crazy question yes who is Andrew Garfield oh Andrew I'm trying to think have you watched the 
amazing have you seen because i can't say that you've watched have you <laughs> seen or heard about the spider-man who was after toby Maguire, the original spider-man and in and before tom holland's spider-man i did not know that there was a spider-man between those two people no <laughs> maybe i will know him by face yes maybe that might help oh this guy do you know of him or... i okay i've i've seen this guy's face before <laughs> I did not know that he was Spider-Man at some point in his life. <laughs> yes, he was. Though he does look a bit old to be playing a teenager in high school, but I digress. <laughs> um, most of them are, except for Tom Holland. Uh, but yeah, so, so I think he learned how to sing for this movie. Like He worked with a vocal coach for that particular movie so then I was just oh well I have heard a bit before watching this movie so I will put more of my attention to it but if it's something that I've heard very casually about a show that I've heard very casually about then I'll probably go into it a bit because most of the time any shows that I watch I try to go into it without knowing anything I might have just heard oh it's pretty good okay let me invest some time into watching it but um so other shows that I want to watch, such as Blue Period or Comic Can't Communicate, I've tried to avoid anything about it as much <laughs> as possible. All I know about Blue Period is, is it's about art, and Comic Can't Communicate, well, I think that's just in the title. <laughs> can't communicate, it's crazy. <laughs> I think that, that's self explanatory. So that's all that I need to know. I've heard it's good, so I'm going to just watch it, and that's pretty much it. So I guess. If I haven't really heard much, but it just seemed interesting, then I'll probably go into it a bit more casually. But it's something that I've heard a lot of buzz about, then I'll put more attention into it. But I guess it also varies on genre as well. If it's sort of more lighthearted, then it's meh, whatever to me. If it's maybe more drama or um, musical or something else, then I don't know. Then again, maybe I'm just making all this up in my head and I can't help myself and I'll just fiddle and fidget stuff no matter what. Who knows? <laughs> you know, that's okay. However <laughs> you like to enjoy your show. But circling back to Vivi. Yes, uh, yes. I think it's one of those shows that, I mean, it's pretty short. It's only 13. 12 to 13 episodes of like 20-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. So that's like what, uh, like four, four-ish hours mm-hmm. of watch time four to five mm-hmm. hours mm-hmm. um so it's definitely doable that's like yeah. movies <laughs> you put it that way <laughs> but you know if i told you to watch two oh, movies absolutely not. <laughs> you, you'd just be that yeah i'm done um but yeah i think it's also vivi if you watch it you probably because i know that it, it probably hasn't received as much buzz as like other shows that have come out in recent seasons mm. um it sort of flew under the radar but i i think it's one of the best shows that i've seen Ooh, okay okay uh, you also will probably have to pay a bit more attention when watching it because one of the characters who is like one of the main characters 
mm-hmm. um, talks really fast. Oh. And, and it, it's like a part of his his whole charm because basically it's it's Vivi and then he's she's got like a supporter AI mm-hmm. that he's he's like this this robot um, that is also from the future and has been tasked to work with her to save the world. Oh, I see, I see. And so, but he he plays the role of of like a kind of like smart Alec know it all. But he's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Um, the <laughs> I can come to, which you probably wouldn't know, but if you, anyone has ever played Portal 2, he's like Wheatley from Portal 2. I've heard of Portal. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, I think that the show is, was just overall really good. It's like a, it's a very, it's my most recent like favorite. And it's mm-hmm. just a good dystopia that I feel like the, plot line is well written because mm. a lot of the events and the actions that the characters do actually have consequences <laughs> and, which cannot be said about a lot of shows to be honest mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i think I'll, it's not uh like the the idea is not entirely original i mean detroit become human <laughs> the parallels write themselves but I think it does it in a in an interesting and a unique way, and also in a way that's like kind of unpredictable. Mm. I see. I see. Is there some? Is there something that you particularly liked about the show? For example, I mean, you mentioned plot was really good, but maybe animation style, music. I certain think, scenes or the whole package all I together for me it was it was very much the whole package because the music was good uh the animation was good mm-hmm. like the animation for it has some fight scenes the animation fight scenes were really cool they weren't like stellar like a demon slayer or like a violet evergarden but they were it it got the message across and it was very it got the the tone of what was happening across very well mm-hmm. um the art especially, there are certain stills where it does really well in in capturing a very dystopian feel. And oh. this idea of, like, she, the main character is supposed to be the AI, but she has some elements of humanity in her. So mm-hmm. I think it does well. Oh. Um, yeah, the, what else happened? I think character writing was pretty strong. Even though they're supposed to just be robots, they have a lot of life to them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's believable that they exist beyond what happens in the show. Mm, I see, I see. There's, I feel like there's less to say about Death Note and Naruto. So Death Note is my favorite anime mm-hmm. of all time. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, I, I think for one, it was very well written. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the sense that like it was the first psychological thriller that I had ever seen, and I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was also the series that got me more into anime that wasn't just like the ones that you see on like Shonen Jump. Mm-hmm. 
it was like wait there's other shows and stuff that are like out there that isn't just ninjas or pirates or bleach um so yeah it was it's just one of my it's one of my favorite shows of all time i think that even though have you okay first of all have you seen death note do you know anything about death note i know the premise of death note very basic he gets book name in book means they die yes (laughs) no yes (laughs) um okay you know nothing about the story no i don't know how he gets the book or i or i i don't know if i made it up in my head but i probably am not too clear on the names that go into the book other than maybe a guess that they're supposed to be bad people you're right okay and there's a guy called l who's very emo looking yes <laughs> love that that's all you need to know um, yeah i mean i without getting into it too much of trying to spoil it for anyone or for you <laughs> i think it's a show that everyone should at least try once it is your your anime recommendation it's my go-to every time (laughs) because i think it's just it's uh i mean i'm not really talking to many children so it's not like i'm recommending death note to children (laughs) so i think it's got it's it's got all of the elements that make a good show Mm -hmm. it's got tension it's got interesting writing um i mean you also have to consider like for the time I mean, mm-hmm. the animation's fine, but I think it's it's just a very solid show. Mm-hmm. A very, and it's it's just like it it holds a special place in my heart as like the one manga series I've read maybe five times. I've watched the anime like three times. <laughs> Good mm-hmm. show. It's a solid um, show. Very solid. Go to recommendation. Mm-hmm. And Naruto. Similar sort of reasoning, to be honest. Um, this was the the show or the anime that I watched before Death Note, where I was like, "Wow, there's anime besides Pokemon <laughs> and, and Yu-Gi-Oh." <laughs> um, so Naruto was it was uh, almost like a show that I would watch um, on like habit because it would always be on Cartoon Network from like nine o'clock it would be two episodes of naruto and then two episodes of dragon ball z Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i i just got really into naruto uh and so i watched the show i watched most of shippuden Mm -hmm. but the last arc kind of (laughs) sucks and didn't want to put myself through that i read the whole thing uh so i finished the whole manga series at the very least and yeah, it's it's a good. I feel like it's just iconic, Naruto, because it's like it is extremely popular for its time, and among the big three of Naruto, One Piece, and Bleach, it mm-hmm. was the one I found to be the most engaging. Mm, I see. Why do, why do you think that is? Is there anything particularly about Naruto that stood out to you? Um, they, 
they did the cool hand symbols and it made power. <laughs> okay, no. I mean, to be honest, I feel like it's hard to say because I I could never get into Bleach, so it's it's hard for me to make a judgment there. Um, and One Piece certainly has its its similar moments, but I feel like the first season or the first like part of Naruto, where it's him as a kid, mm-hmm. is really interesting in that the arcs are the sort of classic makings of most shonen anime mm. um like it has the tournament arc it has the <laughs> it has the friend betraying a friend it has the mm. like training arcs and stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think at the time the the idea of like, oh, this kid who has just been pushed around his whole life is rises up to be like a good guy and he just beats all these these bad guys. It was very <laughs> <laughs> it was just the childhood dream of like, wow, you can do that and all he does is make clones of himself. <laughs> <laughs> he just does funky hand signals and then he beats them. Yo, it's crazy. That's crazy. All he does is put his fingers in a cross. <laughs> Everyone else is like fire or electric or or other crazy jutsu. And this guy just like, hey, I mastered one thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's just OP like that. Yeah. So I think the, at least for the first part, the first part was really good. Shippuden was still good for a while. Um Again, do you know anything about Naruto? Probably not. No, it's just guy in who has blonde hair with a headband, and there's something called a Hokage, <laughs> and <laughs> no one likes Sakura. Yes, that I mean, again, all you need to know. Oh, uh, and the Sasuke me. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, that's that's about the the extent of my Naruto uh, knowledge. Honestly, okay. You don't have to watch Naruto. That's genuinely like ninety percent of what you need to know about the show. Because <laughs> uh, basically, Shippuden is it's like the fast forwarded of when they all become kind of adults. Mm-hmm. It's like like I'm not even sure if they're adults or they're just teenagers, but nonetheless, <laughs> um, it still had interesting plot lines i just think it was not as interesting as the first bit i see i see you think it's also, just... oh sorry uh, Keep going. i was just gonna, also going to say that i think that the fights in shippuden are kind of lamer oh i see because all i've known about naruto is what i guess Harry spews from his mouth occasionally about Naruto and recently more recently what they talked I think they talked about it on Trash Taste in one of the episodes where they said they say apparently the production team saves all their money to come out with like the best animation for the certain big fights (laughs) so I would have thought that if it's Shippuden 
perhaps they got more money for the next <laughs> one and perhaps their fight scenes will be better in in the next part but compared to to the, the first part i think my problem with the fights in shippuden is not necessarily due to production quality it's more of that the fights in shippuden feel like they have less stakes oh i see they're, there's they're less meaningful in because the way that they win the fights just comes down to who has more of the power of anime um a lot of the time it's not clever or interesting or tied to the character in a way it's Mm -hmm. more of just like oh this character is getting beat up and then someone shows up and they (laughs) work together to to overcome the odds Oh. Um, which can work that happens in the first part as well like in the first season mm-hmm. but when it becomes the crux of the show then it's just sort of like all right well i guess we'll just wait for naruto to arrive again <laughs> one of, he'll send one of his clones is like glowing He's got the <laughs> tails mode and it's just like all right cool which is oh. i think why the last part is so bad at least to me and to most people Mm-hmm. is because the the initial hype of it basically the last arc is it's the great ninja war mm-hmm. where um the evil villains so they get this power to like summon the dead and so you get to you get the hype moment of seeing all these old characters come back to life and oh. you can see them fight again but mm-hmm. the naruto universe is so huge already so first of all <laughs> Trying to keep track of all the different fights that are going on and all of the different characters that just exist. Already insane. But then it's also just like, alright, I'm gonna summon this guy, and then he's gonna be so OP. And then all you have to do is either be be more OP or lose the fight and then just wait for another OP guy to come and help you. <laughs> The battle of the OPness. Oh, thanks. That's probably not solutions. <laughs> no. I just registered it in my brain. I'm too tired. <laughs> That's okay. Yes, but you understand what I mean. I do. <laughs> but yeah, that's the general vibe of, that I got from Shippuden. There were a couple of arcs that were pretty good. Um, like, the, the one where... You don't know any of the characters. It's going to be hard to explain. But there's there's one where they hunt down the two members of the evil villain gang, the Akatsuki, mm-hmm. um, and they avenge their teacher. That arc was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pain arc where there's, like, there's this guy who controls all of these super strong like they're not dolls but they're like humanoid figures and he's just wreaking havoc and then there's just this <laughs> sick moment where everyone's losing and naruto saves the day oh. that's where i do mind it <laughs> but everything else is it's kind of meh mm, i see i see makes sense because then just relying on that just means that they're putting fights in for the sake of having fights and no other real reason. It's kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, 
I feel like with shows like Naruto, you do so many episodes and do so many chapters that eventually it's you you run out of like what are you gonna do? What are you gonna <laughs> talk about in this show? Yeah, that's I don't know, like how shows just keep going for that long. I think isn't One Piece like still going or something like that? It's insane. I just don't understand how you can just keep going. Do you not have do Do you have more things to talk about, or are you just continuing the series because people you feel the pressure to, or I don't know. I I would feel very pressured if I got if I was a content. Uh, a series creator and got up to I don't know volume 100 and then just be like where do I go from now yeah spend, for sure. I spent so much time it's so cost fallacy I <laughs> bring the cycle to it <laughs> I, I feel like with those kinds of shows it's it's a bit easier to continue because you're making episodes like, each episode can be sort of pretty well self-contained. Mm. Um, whereas shorter shows, that ha- they have a very clearly defined end. Mm. They have, like, they may have smaller arcs in between, but there is, there is a defined end point to the show where they wanted to just create, like, one piece of work and then mm. leave it at that. Um, which we can get into because I think some of the shows left on my three by three do that quite well. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I guess I can go into my first three on my what would be a three by three, but it's basically just a top nine <laughs> list. It's a nine by one. <laughs> <laughs> one to nine. Um. But actually, while you were talking, I was thinking of swapping one of my 3x3s. But I don't know if I should swap it or I can just talk about it in special mentions. But it's, like, not really a special mention. It's It would just be in my top 10, probably, in or in my 1 to 10, I guess. <laughs> I, see, I see. We can make a live edit. Which number is it? Are you swapping it with? Oh, because um, I might insert it. At number six. Okay. So it would place it would place number six and then move everything down one. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Okay. Um, but I'll talk about that later. Uh so my first three uh is the anime Your Lion April, and then the second one is a Western TV show called The Good Place, and then the third one is a K drama called Goblin. Okay, so now you, Josh, we you already know that my favorite anime is Your Lion April. Yes. <laughs> you know the, all about the it. first thing that we ever bonded about. Yes. Okay, so, but I guess I'll just um, tell all the listeners sort of basically what it's about. And it's just about the story of this guy called Kosei and his sort of. Uh, relationship with playing music and playing piano and so he's kind of had a rocky relationship um, with 
sort of playing piano and then so he meets this girl and she is sort of quite the opposite to him she's very carefree she kind of just lives her life doing whatever she wants she plays the violin and he gets very inspired by her and how she lives and yeah it kind of goes on from there I don't know if I explained it very well (laughs) (laughs) that's generally the vibe yeah it's a very when I first watched it so how I first got into it was um back in high school one of my friends mentioned it very offhandedly that this was an anime that they were watching and I was just thinking ah okay well I don't really have anything to watch I'm gonna just search this up as I search it up and I and I see that it's about music and it's about piano and in my brain something in in me just went ooh Piano. <laughs> I play music. piano. <laughs> I play music. Yeah. So immediately I was just thinking, yes, I want to watch this. So I watched the first few episodes. I think at the time there was only five episodes out. So I basically followed it pretty much every week because I just really, usually I'm a binger. I would like to forget about the show and then revisit it after it's fully out, and then just watch it. But this show, and I guess um, this show and some other good shows, I will tend to follow week by week. But if it's something that I'm just casually following, then I'll try and binge it. But this one, I watched the first few episodes, and I don't know, I just felt as if I related very much to the main character. In the sense that he plays piano not because, I mean, he was good at piano. I'm not saying that I'm good at piano. I'm very average, mediocre at piano. I will say piano. I'm good at piano. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm okay. But he, he's, a, he's a child prodigy, I suppose. And he was trained by his mom. But he plays piano because essentially his mom wants to provide him with more opportunities in life. And that is the very same reason my mom told me to play piano. I did not play piano because I wanted to. Basically, how I got into piano was uh, my mom saying, hey, do you want to listen to some music? And I thought at the time, oh, she means on her iPod, that tiny little box that plays <laughs> music. That's crazy. And then, she's, and then so she just played on the piano that we had at home. And then she said, do you want to learn? And I'm like, I don't know, I guess. And then she took me to piano lessons and I couldn't quit for the next 10 or so years. <laughs> so that's how I started piano. And she'd always tell me, this like learning piano is a backup plan for if you happen to be terrible at school and you can't get a job <laughs> at least you can have piano to rely on <laughs> Yeet. and basically that's similar to sort of why Kosei learned how to or uh, was sort of trained by his mom to play piano and sort of trained to be great at playing piano is so that he can at least have an avenue to take care of himself in the future so that immediately resonated with me and then I guess also his at the beginning of the show his approach to piano was 
he kind of described it as he didn't enjoy it anymore, but he felt some sort of attachment to it for some reason. And I also could resonate with that because I don't like playing piano when people tell me to. And since the since senior year of high school, I've stopped playing. I've stopped um being classically trained and practicing every day and also all of that which was very good for me because I didn't (laughs) enjoy playing it because people told me to but I will occasionally still play when I feel like just to just to I don't know just play random music that I actually like listening to um and my parents are always saying, oh, we should sell the piano because you don't play it anymore. But I'm just like, no, you can't sell the piano. It's mine. <laughs> so, so I guess that's, I don't know, even though I don't like playing piano, I still feel very attached to it for some reason. I guess because it's been a large part of my life. And then I guess there's other bits of the of the anime, which I guess I won't get into because... I don't know. I, there was. I, I'll just talk about it with you very, very briefly. But I guess um, there was the one, the one episode where he was playing in a competition, and he wanted his mom to be there. And then she goes, and she's very angry at him for for missing, or for speeding up, or for not playing it according to the book or something. And they have like a mini a mini fight or something, and so um, my mom she would always come with me to all of she doesn't play piano but she just knows the very basics but she would always come to me to my practice to my lessons, and she would sit there and she would listen to everything the teacher said so she could repeat them back to me when when we got home, and so she was always very much a person to. Um, I am not so much one to follow the rules strictly, but she was the one who was, you have to do it this way. Um, there was a period of time where I had to learn a piece for um, a performance or something. And she said, I don't like how you're interpreting it. We're just going to listen to a YouTube recording and you're going <laughs> to copy it exactly the same. So I would copy the YouTube recording exactly the same every um every sort of crescendo every sort of accent all the stylistic choices were exactly the same because she just didn't like how I did it so um so yes and I guess um how Kosei in the anime was trained is very stick to the book the book is always right you gotta do it accordingly but then Kaori which is the person that he meets in the anime she plays violin she just does it whatever she likes she interprets it very freely and another thing that I really liked about the anime obviously you would pick it up if you knew the pieces that they played in in the anime but to a general audience member if you didn't know the pieces I like the way that they were able to um, play pieces that were from the same song, but they just used different segments, or the pieces were already constructed in a way that fit the characters 
storyline. So, for example, mm. you know how in the first episode when we see them go to a competition and they seem to all play the same song and it was they showed as very drab, it was very boring, no personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when it gets up to Cowdy's turn, she all of a sudden whips out the boom, boom, doo, doo, <laughs> and it's all, it's so dramatic and epic and everyone's all <gasps> captivated. Um, obviously, it's a different part of the song. They're not, they're no longer pl- playing the same part of the song. That's why it sounds so dramatically different. But at least it's still the same song. They just chose a section that would better reflect how Cowdy would interpret it. And then another song that she played, that one just naturally already has um, variances in speed and um, and volume and all that. The song, the piece is naturally like that, but to your general audience member, you probably wouldn't know. And then, yeah, so I just liked how they made classical music cool to listen to. <laughs> I think that was pretty neat. I also really like the OST. Um, oh, the OST slaps. Yeah, the OST is so good. The The background music, the openings and the endings were really good. I initially didn't like the first opening, but I just heard it so many times that it Stockholm Syndrome me, and I just <laughs> liked it. It's just so Wait, iconic. Is, is the first one the iconic one? It's, yeah, the Hakarunara. You didn't yeah. like that initially? No. Oh, I don't wow. know why. But then afterwards, I'm just like, bruh, never mind. The song slaps. It does. It slaps. It slaps. Yeah. And I just think that the show as a whole, it rounded off. I don't, I never know the right word because it's not sufficient. It's not a. Maybe appropriately is the right word. I think that it ended in a very appropriate manner mm-hmm. and that um, we got to see a lot of the character growth and development throughout the show. And I think that sometimes, um, I think the some I think in this show, the side like friends that they have got a little bit lost in the mix. But I don't know, for me, I was always about Kosei and Kaori and, and them as main characters. So I, I wasn't too, too mad about that. But I think that they served their purpose of being side characters fairly sufficiently, um, even though I was a little bit annoyed at Tsubaki for... <sighs> and never mind, not important, not an important. Not important? Character. No, it is important. Why are you annoyed with... Is Tsubaki the other girl, the childhood yeah, she's, friend? Yeah, she's a childhood friend. I don't know. I think they never when did. I... Yeah, I just think that... At... <sighs> she's... Mm, I get where she's coming from, but she's also very entitled. Like, just because you were childhood friends doesn't mean that he <laughs> has to drop his entire life just to be with you forever. There's this whole bit about her, because childhood friends, you know the trope that um, one person ends up um, liking the childhood friend that's always been there for them. 
Yeah. And so there's this bit where they have to select where they're going to, to high school. And Kosei decides to go to a high school that's not in the region, like a different region. And she gets offended. She's like, oh, how dare he leave me? Oh my gosh, I thought we were going to be together forever. How could you do this to me? And I'm like, girl, you should be supportive of him if you're actually friends. Oh my gosh, the audacity. Come on, bro. Tell him, Andrea. Yes. So, Tsubaki, uh, you know, I get, I kind of get where you're coming from, but it's also no, no bueno, no bueno. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think the, I'm trying to think of anything else I wanted to say. I think the art style at first, I was a bit, oh, that's an, because they have a particular art style. Most of it is, it, it's quite pretty. Um, they set it in April, which is, I guess, their cherry blossom season. Um makes sense um but i think the one stylistic choice when i first watched it was when they they draw and um the upper lip which is usually not done in a lot of anime it's usually just the one line and i remember showing it to my friend one time and they said oh why is it drawn like that and i'm like that's true but also (laughs) look past it keep watching the show and no one watched the show because they were all put off by like the weird artistic oh work. really wow <laughs> i mean we were we were like 14 15 when the show came out so i guess that sure. i guess we were too young but i i under I, I look back at it now and i find it very charming and it's just i don't know just a little bit special a little bit unique of yeah, a sure. choice that they went yeah, I, I don't know if I have any other thoughts. I just really like the show. I think it makes a lot of sense because of how much the the char- main character resonates with your story. Yeah. Which uh, I guess does not bode well for Michael Chow. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, we'll get to, we'll cross that bridge. At least he doesn't play violin. <laughs> Oh, it's all over if he plays the violin. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I agree. Because I I remember I watched the show. I, like, binged it over two or three nights. Mm -hmm. And by nights, I mean from, like, 12 to 3 in the morning. (laughs) And and I thought that it it was a very engaging show. And I, because you kept talking about, like, how impactful the music was. I, when you were referring to general audience, that was me. <laughs> I, I listened to the pieces and I was like, wow, classical music. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was just like, it, I think for me, what drove the show was character interactions and like the metaphor of color. Because mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I in my memory that plays like a big part mm. of of uh like dynamics and and what people are talking about in the show yeah 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 for sure um i think they they frame the show really nicely in i think uh what you mentioned color because kosei he describes it before he met kaori as being very mon- monotonous um sort of just black and white and then 
he has this conversation with Subaki, and Subaki says, you know, when you meet someone that you really like, you start to see the world in color. That's how you know you're in love or whatever. And then so he he describes it later as, you know, seeing the world in more color when he meets Kaori and getting to know her and her perspective on life. But I also think that it's really nice that they, oh, I, I'm just a sucker for cyclical structures because they started in April. That's when they met. And then the show ends in April when the next year oh. and it's the cherry blossoms again. And then he's reminded of when he first met Kaori oh. and how much time has progressed. And mm. that's why it's your lie in April because she told a lie that got them to be friends in April. That makes sense. Yes. I don't think, I don't know if I picked up on that as a 15 year old. <laughs> I only picked up on that because I rewatch the show every April. <laughs> I commend you for that. <laughs> I did miss this year on April just because I was really busy. Um, and but instead, I did replace that with just procrastination of trying to find a Cowdy figurine on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Because in my brain, it was like, you know, this is less of a time commitment than watching a 22-episode series of an anime. But I don't know, it probably sucked up much more of my time overall, I guess, when you accumulate it all together. <laughs> Depends <laughs> on how long you were spending on eBay. <laughs> Bruh, so expensive. But anywho, that's besides the point. Actually, um, I re... So when I first watched it as a 14-year-old, I was obviously not as skilled as all the players in in the anime. The anime, um, the characters who play piano, they're at a very high, high level. And so when I got to maybe 16-ish, I was discussing with my piano teacher what songs that I should play because I was still um, practicing at the time. They said, oh, what songs do you want to play for the exam? And I'm just thinking, I got the classical song. <laughs> and it was Winter Wind. Winter Wind, I know. Because <laughs> it just sounded so epic. But it was also ridiculously fast. And I don't know what sort of ambitious spirit possessed me in that moment of time <laughs> but I just wanted to be like one of the characters in the anime and live out my my fantastical dreams of being a great piano player did not happen did not finish the piece but it's okay I could at least vicariously lived through the anime at least the the anime in your case inspired you to do something productive like the anime in my case, I wanted to be a ninja and follow my ninja <laughs> way. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey man, I reckon being a ninja is very physically exerting. So, respect that. Yeah, well, running around the school <laughs> like a ninja gets you bullied for a bit. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> but no shame, no shame. No shame proud to be a weeb <laughs> proud's a strong word but anyways <laughs> beside the point besides the point 
So that was your lie in April. Yeah. So that's my that's my big one. That is one of my shows that I will put on any list ever. And I know I think I think I've only really discussed it with you, but there was this one time where I was in a I was doing UNSW Heroes and they made us do icebreakers with the person next to us and they said, Oh, I like anime. And I'm just thinking, oh, okay, I watch anime too. And they said, what is your favorite anime? And I said, you lie in April. And they said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Oh. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, excuse me, what do you mean? Oh. And I didn't say that. And I just said, oh, what are your thoughts on it? And they said, oh, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't that good. I thought it was okay. And I'm just thinking in my brain, we're done. We're done. I don't need to talk to you anymore. Uh, you do not the, pass the friendship test. The ice will not be broken today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think I don't know a lot of people who have watched it other than you. And I guess Will Shao, we now know, has watched it. And and Chow has watched it. But other than that, I don't know many people who've watched it. So Surprisingly, Chow did not like it. Yeah, he. I think he's very... He gets very um, stuck into the into the specifics of a show, and I think his main gripe with it was all the characters overreacting or to the music or uh, yeah, I do recall. <laughs> Which I think is, is that would apply to every single anime because it's an anime. It's animated. <laughs> <laughs> the characters are just like that. Otherwise. It'd be kind of boring. It is a bit of a trope. Yeah. I I, I kind of see where he comes from though, because it's like they're this overselling it, and it's like, <laughs> wow, this is an insane rendition. When it's like, yeah, I just played the note a little louder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think in some perspectives that is the case, and there are other other times where. Obviously, I think here they are just limited by their piece. But I guess in the real world, there are certain circumstances where people actually do play it differently. And you can sort of tell a little bit about the story and such. But anywho, that's a bit technical. We should move on now. Otherwise, (laughs) this podcast will be 10 hours long. (laughs) Yes, please go on to number two. Okay, so number two is The Good Place. And I can never remember if we talked about it on or off the podcast. All I remember is we talked about Jeremy Barramy on the top podcast. But The Good Place is basically a TV show. I think it's sort of like a sitcom uh, type genre. It's about 20 minutes per episode. And it's about this girl, um, this lady, Eleanor, and she dies and she goes to the afterlife. And the afterlife is called the good place. And so the good place is just where all the good people go. And you it's basically sort of like a utopia. They say, oh, you know, you guys can eat frozen yogurt every day. Here's a house that's designed according to your personality. Here's your soulmate that you're going to meet in the afterlife, which we've used some sort of complex algorithm to make sure that you guys match. And even if they speak a different language, it doesn't matter because it's the afterlife. So they'll, so you'll understand them in your native language. 
I am familiar with the concept of heaven. Please go yeah. on. Yeah. So, so it sounds all fantastic and such, right? And I guess the one thing is, uh, she's not the Eleanor person that is supposed to go to heaven. Right. So she. So we get like a bit of backstory and sort of all the terrible things that she's done, and so it's sort of imposter syndrome, but not really imposter syndrome because she is an imposter. and and she's just trying to figure out why am I here well I'm gonna try and stay here as long as I can and that's the basic premise of the show and I Mm -hmm. say basic because this is a full season show and a lot of things happen (laughs) between this initial baseline point and what happens at the end and I won't spoil it um But I would just say that the reason why I really like this show is because first, the plot is just so well constructed. It I I recommended it to Chow and we watched it together. And at first he was not convinced. He would start the episode and we watched the first bit and he'd be very confused and just be like, huh? I don't what? I don't get it. And then at the end of the first episode, he was like, oh. Mm -hmm. And then that was the pattern for the entire (laughs) season. It was just, huh? (gasps) And then just recycle again and again. And what I think makes a really good show is whenever you have questions about something, it gets answered. So mm-hmm. Chow would always ask a question about why does this happen or how does this occur or something, something. And some shows, they don't bother to answer any of the questions, right? They just kind of sweep it under the rug and hope that you won't notice as a viewer. But most, I think almost all the questions Chow asked, they got answered within the show and in a very natural manner. So that's very respectable because it means that they put a lot of thought into the world building, into the characters, into sort of how they constructed the story, that everything can be answered and it feel, you feel very satisfied after watching the show. And so that's one thing that I really liked. Another thing was the cast was really good in terms of how they interacted with each other. They all have very different personalities because it's a sitcom sort of type show. So they all have very distinct personalities, but the way that they interact with each other and you follow, um, you follow, you come to follow a group of people throughout the show. And these four people, they like go together and sort of you see their backstories and how they came to be at this place in time. And I think that they really made the show all their interactions together. I'm trying not to spoil it because I think this is a show that people should just watch (laughs) without much premise of, uh, without knowing much of the premise going into it. And then um, I'll skip a bit forward. I don't know if people knowing about what type of ending is a spoiler or not. I'm not going to tell the ending, but some people Mm -hmm. just think, oh, you said it was a good ending, so now I'm going to have high expectations, blah, 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 blah. But I guess this is your spoiler warning if this is something that triggers you. But I think that the ending was also very appropriate 
and everything was wrapped up really nicely because there was a point in the show where you thought that this was where it was going to end but it didn't and it wasn't as if they were trying to extend the show for the sake of it being popular and people demanding more episodes or something like that it seemed it was um it reached a point where it was something that oh i didn't think about that this would be an issue and that seemed as though it led for a it carried on into another arc um that's made the show seem a lot more finished at the end mm. i don't know if that makes any sense <laughs> because you don't know exactly what i'm talking about but if you if you watch the show and i really highly recommend it it's only 20 minutes per episode just like an anime <laughs> honest i will okay i will say it now i will watch it at some point i'll watch it after I watch Arcane because I've been meaning to watch that for a very long time. <gasps> oh, yes. Um and then it's either between that and Squid Game. Oh, okay. Arcane is one of my special mentions. Squid Game is I think Squid Game is just one of those shows that you kind of have to watch just cuz it's now part of pop culture quote unquote. Yeah. But I reckon wait a bit more to watch Squid Game. It's okay. I think it's the fear not the uh, I don't know if fear is the right word but it might run into the attack on titans thing where the hype overtook the show. Yeah, I yeah. I sort of get the feeling that cuz Netflix will always have their their like flavor of the month show. Yeah, yeah. Um so I don't know if it's just that or if it's just a genuinely good show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I- but you know Mm. I'm think... I'm down to watch it. I I guess I can watch the good place before that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I do recommend Arcane though. Arcane um I don't know if there's a big buzz around it. I think it's slowly I think there's a buzz but it's kind of subdued a little bit. So yeah. I think it's a good time to watch Arcane. I think Every, everyone that I know that has seen Arcane has only had positive things to say about Arcane mm-hmm. which is a good sign. Mm, yes. Okay, I'll talk a bit more about Arcane sort of later because it kind of ties into it has similar um positives that I want to note about one of the other the other shows yep. on my um list. But Yeah, the good place I think is a very well-rounded show. It did not overstay its welcome. You feel very it feels very bittersweet when you finish it that um I think most good shows make you feel sad that it's ending, but you feel happy that it ended in the right way. Mm. So, that It sticks the landing. Yes, it really does. So, that's my thoughts on the good place. I really really like it and I am looking forward to the day where I don't remember it that well so then I can rewatch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Okay. And so um the third one on my list is Goblin or I guess there's another title to it. Um I think that is a bit better. It's called Guardian the Lonely God or something like that. 
So basically, Goblin is just a K-drama, and this was back when I used to watch a lot more K-dramas in 2016, 2017. I will preface that I think that 2016-17 was the best era for K-dramas. I watch the K-dramas now, and I'm just thinking, dang, it doesn't fit the same. Oh, but, wow. But maybe that's just because I have nostalgia for, for 2017 dramas. Anywho. Um, Goblin is basically about this guy who was alive during some old, like, ages ago Korean dynasty, I think, you know, where they wear all the traditional clothing and stuff, and they still had kings and stuff alive, and so he was a general, and so he was killed for... I don't know, being a traitor or something. He was unjustly killed, I guess, for being a traitor, according to the king. But because he's a war general and he saved the town or whatever, people were just like, no, why is he dead? Bring him back. <laughs> and so um, in this world, I guess, because it's a fantasy world, the, the gods said, okay, we'll bring you back. But you did commit a lot of crimes against other human beings such as killing them during war that's a no-no you shouldn't do that yeah so so they made so they brought him back to life but with the caveat of him being immortal so he has to watch all the people that he's interacted with and you know loved or whatever die and he can only be at peace and return to death when the sword so he was killed um, by a sword being stabbed into him. And he can only go back to resting in peace if his fated bride takes the sword out of him. Right. So no one else can see the sword except for this mysterious bride person. And so that's basically sort of the beginning of of this of the drama and so he's just like looking for his bride and there's another character she's um so okay so there's a thing where I think people feel a little bit most people enjoy the show I think that's what um the consensus is but some people feel polarized by the relationship dynamic and it's because his bride, when we first meet her, she's in, um, she's a senior at high school. So that's when we oh, first meet her. Right. And he died at like a age 39. So he just looks like age late 30s, right? But he yeah. looks the same because he's immortal and he's now almost a thousand years old, whatever. Right. But my rationale is she's immortal. And so if your if your gripe about it is that they look weird together, then I mean eventually she's just gonna look older than him and then she's gonna pass. So yeah. I don't think that's the gripe. And then another gripe people have is oh well he's like way older, he's like a thousand years old, but then it's like <laughs> I mean, then do you have this problem with other fantasy stuff where people are also like, like, what about 
Twilight, where he's just a vampire and she's <laughs> in high school. He's okay. a thousand years old. Yeah. He doesn't, it's not half his age plus seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, for me, I mean, y'all can have your own opinions. For me, I was just thinking, eh, it's whatever. Um, so, reasons why I like the show. When I first watched it, I liked it because it was a balance of of drama, but also had uh, a bit of comedy. And so I feel I feel it's um, harder to now, or at least the ones that I've been recommended, they don't really do the comedy much anymore. They kind of focus a bit more on the seriousness and then they make very sort of serious jokes. And it's mm-hmm. just, it just doesn't hit the same because sometimes K-dramas can be a bit intense and want a little break. And I feel they don't do it the same anymore. They've kind of changed the tone of how they make K-dramas. So I really enjoyed that it was serious, but then they also had a bit of comedy with the bromance. So um, the goblin god is, um, he comes into interaction with the Grim Reaper and then the show has formulated a bromance between them. And I think it's quite funny. It's quite amusing. Um, and so I liked how they used the concept of sort of life and death and sort of how people are reborn and, um, are treated in life, sort of, so to speak. It's about fate and all that sort of things and who you're destined to be with, um, and sort of how you're supposed to live your life, etc. I'm trying to form it, formulate my thoughts in words, but I'm also thinking that it's very confusing to talk about. <laughs> so I don't know if you know what I mean by any of this. I get the gist of what you're saying. <laughs> but basically, I think I might have to spoil this one because I don't think you're going to watch K-dramas. So I'm just going to mark it now. Okay, I will say the, the main reason I have not seen a single K-drama is because the... It just feels like the genre is full of shows that are in some way absurd. <laughs> and the only, I may be wrong because I've not explored really at all. But mm-hmm. the only reason I say that is because I've seen a clip of a K-drama. <laughs> and I don't know how popular this clip is, but it's just a clip of a Korean woman throwing kimchi at a person. <laughs> and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. yeah i think k-dramas they are they are a little bit exaggerated in some sense though that one's pretty funny (laughs) i think i think that used to be a really old trope where um say couples were at a cafe and then the guy would be like i'm breaking up with you or i'm cheating on you or whatever and then the girl would get really angry with her cup of water and then throw it in their face i think that's Mm. like a very popular trope so perhaps the kimchi slap is it's a a new take (laughs) it's a new take on it (laughs) i love that yeah so um yep I'm just going to mark it now. Spoiler warning if you haven't seen the show. Um, so basically, uh, um, the girl, his his bride, so to speak, she's been, um, she was not supposed to be born. 
because her mother got into a car accident in a hit and run. And it just so happened that the goblin guy was just around in the vicinity because he's a god. He hears people's prayers and stuff. And she just prayed, oh, please come save me because I'm not the only one that needs to be saved at the moment. So he just said, "Mm, okay, you can, I'll save you just this one time. And then so when the Grim Reaper comes, because he has a, he has a bunch of cards that say, oh, this person is supposed to be dead. I have to escort them to the afterlife. Mm-hmm. there's nobody there's nobody there so he's just thinking oh dang there's gonna be some tough paperwork to fill out bruh <laughs> where are these people at so she's not supposed to be born and she's also when she is born she has the ability to see ghosts and stuff and so that's um so because she she's not supposed to be born uh, you know that sort of thing of if um, if you're fated to do something, the universe will always try and make you meet your fate. Yeah. Yeah. So because she's not supposed to be alive, the universe always tries to off her, so to speak. Mm. And so that's troublesome for the goblin because then he's like, he, so once they um, start to get to know each other and, you know, typical relationship sorts of starts to form he has this dilemma of i don't want to pull out this i don't want to get her to pull out the sword because then i'm not going to be able to see her ever again because now i'm now i'm dead but then her only she has two conflicting fates of she's supposed to pull out the sword because she's the bride but if she doesn't yeah she's also supposed to be dead so that's why it's like, oh, what am I supposed to do? And so we just kind of follow their story. And I think when I was following the show, you know, okay, like most shows, they kind of have a very predictable sort of end. And maybe it's just me. I am not good at reading, <laughs> at reading typical stuff. But in the second to last episode, they, um, she gets in uh, the bride. She, she They, like, time skip 10 years or so. So um, she gets into a car accident and she dies. And so it's like, oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> right. Oh. And so the way they end the show, I think it's also, again, again I think the show ends appropriately. Mm-hmm. Because most people think, oh, we're going to see them grow old and just live a nice life. And somehow she'll be granted powers because she's the goblin bride and she gets to live forever with him. Very nice, happy story. But they explain throughout the show that there's this idea that people live four lives. Sort of one that you're like a poor farmer and then the next one and then the next one you get to reap the fruits of your labor. And then the next one, you get to sell the fruits of your labor. And then the next one, you get to eat the fruits of your labor. So it's like you're going up in sort of luck and prosperity and wealth and all that sort of stuff, right? So she always makes the comment, oh, I must be in my first life then because Mm -hmm. I've had such a terrible life so far. So the concept of every human gets four lives is recurring. 
So even though she's died once, she comes back in like another however many years and they reunite. But then they kind of leave it at that. And it's sort of, it seems happy because we see them reunite, but it also ends and viewers know that she they're just going to go through the cycle again until she's like finished with all her reincarnation lives. And so that's sort of like also bittersweet because it's, sad I mean you end up happy but then when you think more about it it's kind of sad that they won't be together forever in sort of that sense I don't know if Mm -hmm. I explained it well (laughs) I think it makes sense it's but I I I think the endings that are sort of bittersweet in that way where it's not the fairy tale ending but it's well okay it's i'd be hard pressed to say it's realistic (laughs) but it it plays on the idea of things will have to end eventually yeah yeah which i think is appropriate Mm -hmm. yes i think there's a common theme here where like appropriate endings (laughs) (laughs) they feel very they feel very satisfying and i mean it's a k-drama so people might have gripes with oh it's not you know, like, this is weird, or it's not realistic, or they miss this and this, but I think that for some of the K-dramas that I've watched, I think that this one, I like the story a lot, I like the music as well, um, I like the acting, I thought the acting was really good, there's also a, what seems like a Mm B-plot, but so people treat it as a B-plot and something that's not important. But actually, there's a key clue from the very beginning that actually foreshadows uh, another plot twist, which I thought that the attention to detail was very impressive. Another spoiler warning, I'll just tell you, because yeah, <laughs> otherwise it doesn't make any sense. But the B-plot is the Grim Reaper, he falls in love with um the bride's manager, because the high school bride she goes and works at a chicken shop because she's poor so um the lady who owns the chicken shop manages or whatever she um she falls for the grim reaper but obviously i mean that's i mean it's like a mis- mystical sort of being in a human that's kind of funky and so sure. the one of the things that one of the rules that they set for the Grim Reaper is if a Grim Reaper touches someone then they get to see all of their past memories like their previous lives memories and so um eventually he actually he he touches her and he sees into her past and that she was part of the timeline where the war general goblin guy during that timeline and he and the grim reaper himself realizes that he was the king who ordered for the war general to be dead and so that's how they're all tied together in this one previous timeline and so he so the reason why grim reapers are appointed is because they committed a sin in their past life so and how that has been foreshadowed is because on the Grim Reaper's outfit, he has a king brooch, like a crown brooch that he always wears. And that's just like a nice little detail on the outfit. Because no one is just like, oh yeah, that's just a cool brooch. It matches the suit, the sort of fancy right. suit and tie vibe that they go for. You know, 
And then I watched it and I'm just thinking, oh, that's why that was there. Oh my gosh. Uh, then again, I'm also not the brightest when it comes to watching shows, but <laughs> I just no, thought I, that was pretty cool. I think that's cool. Clever foreshadowing is is a very, it's very hard to do, but when, yes. when they get it right, it really elevates the show. It really does. So I think that was pretty neat. Um, yeah, sorry, I spent a long time talking on the, on the first three shows. No, I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know how long this episode's going to be. Well, we'll find out, I suppose. We can <laughs> speedrun the, the remaining six. Welcome back, guys. Um, we're still vibing, probably until 6 a.m. at this <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> Just talking about our nine shows. Exactly. We didn't realize that we would spend this much time, so we'll try and speed run through the rest. Um, but yeah, did you want to go through your next few, Josh? Okay. Well, the next three... Uh, I feel like you should know these three. Bunny Girl, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Mm -hmm. uh, How I Met Your Mother, which is the one show with <laughs> real people in it. <laughs> and Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, okay, I could talk about the, the last two a bit more quickly. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh I put on here because it was technically the first anime that I followed as a series. Uh, mm -hmm. It's something that I grew up watching, especially mm -hmm. the first iteration of Duelist Kingdom with Yugi and <laughs> Joey Wheeler and Seto Kaiba and all those those fun characters. <laughs> um, because I, I watched the anime and like we would rent the, the DVDs from, uh, mm -hmm. from Video Easy. And uh, we would, like, me and my brother would play the card game. So, yeah, I feel like it was... It was a big part. And um, although I've only put Yu-Gi-Oh! on the list, included in that, I feel like, is Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, which I watched <laughs> more. But it's the, they're equally valuable in, in my life. I just liked the card game. I liked the show. I liked the, <laughs> the very anime, the children's anime of it. I, it's a show I grew up watching. So it's... Mm -hmm. I get you. I get you. Um... How I Met Your Mother is... <laughs> okay, how do I even talk about this show? I've watched it so many times. <laughs> because this was the show that I... In high school, it was just always on. Mm. So I, it doesn't matter what I was doing. If I was eating lunch... Well, yeah, eating lunch, eating dinner. I come home from school and just chill just playing games on like my ds it was just on in the background or it was just something that i would be able to watch very easily mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i think even though it's it's a sitcom it's like it doesn't take itself that seriously it's mostly a comedy with a overarching um story mm -hmm. but i think that even even though it's it's a show that's primarily about like oh it's just a fun like it's easy to watch, I think it does have some 
good like emotional beats to it Mm. I think that um when it does have certain like sad or like poignant moments it does it well and it's it it plays that I I think it plays that pretty well um the unlike you the endings for me I've been hurt too many times so (laughs) as long as, as long as the show is generally good and the ending flops then I can live with that and my god did the ending of this show flop no <laughs> but that it, it is what it is <laughs> mm, i've heard you talk about it so many times that i feel like i i feel like i should maybe start watching it but it is also as many sitcoms are quite the lengthy yeah it's nine seasons each season i believe is 24 episodes except season three which i think is 20 oh i see um, i see i used to know this stuff on the back of my head <laughs> because i've just seen it so many times and i've done so many trivia games on the show <laughs> throw back to quiz up quiz up i was i was a beast at having another quiz up <laughs> um so yeah those are the last two funny girl senpai um is the show it's in my top three of i don't even want to say just add it it's definitely in the anime top three mm-hmm. but it's also just like a top three show i feel like for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because i think it's it just does well in creating characters um and writing the dynamics of characters and why they are important basically the premise of the show uh because i know you've seen a bit of it but mm. you haven't finished yeah um, watch the the bit the first arc quote-unquote yeah. of the main two characters so the premise is basically there's this guy um who meets all of these girls and these girls have <laughs> this thing called adolescence syndrome or puberty syndrome where all of their insecurities manifest into some sort of real symptom or real problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that in each of the arcs, for each of the characters that he meets and the problems that he tries to solve, he does it in a way that's... It, it just didn't feel cliche. It felt very... Like the characters were interesting and they were, they were more genuine than what you would expect out of just like a like an anime mm. they're um, not very animated as they're, typical they're as typical anime characters tend to be so i really appreciated that because i was i sort of just went into the show like oh it's just going to be another one of those like easy watch shows maybe it's a harm it's just like the, the main <laughs> characters are super dense you know i can i can live by that but I think it has a lot of lot of finesse in trying to like understand the meanings behind what characters are saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a lot of like trying to understand the subtext between like character dynamics. And I also just like the the idea of having supernatural elements and like mixing that with romance and just just interesting characters (laughs) it's really the characters that make the show for me i'll be Mm -hmm. honest it seems it could have 
taken place in an alternate universe where everything is the same except just this one sort of imagine your insecurities are not real. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I've heard about it from you for, uh, quite for quite a while, and so I think. I didn't really hear too much about the show as I always try to do and I heard from Chow that he was kind of eh on it and so I was just thinking hmm I mean I'm gonna try and watch it anyways but the thing is watching things with Chow always puts you in different headspace when I watch (laughs) things by myself I think that is the fatal mistake I made here because when I watch things with Chow we take it very lightheartedly we kind of just meme everything that happens Mm -hmm. out of it and I, and so, <laughs> I think that's the wrong approach because this show you need to use your brain a little bit to think about what people are trying <laughs> to say you need to read between the lines a little bit just because when if because when I first watched it I took things kind of literally and it doesn't make sense when you take it literally because if yeah, you try and the, understand the show is, if you take it at face value the show makes zero sense yeah because when they first explained the concept of adolescent syndrome, I'm just thinking, what? They they described it something as Schrodinger's cat or something. Yeah. I'm just thinking, what are they saying? I don't understand. And then the way the characters speak as well, they're very deadpan, sort of very serious. And so it's not as normal anime characters who are very exaggerated they have very um for girls typically it's a very high-pitched tone very you get the gist but this character she she seems a lot more down to earth is not the right word but she seems a lot more human than a lot of typical anime characters and so that threw me off where in my brain instead of interpreting it as this is the type of character that she is I interpreted it more as why is she trying to be like Koromiya, oh, but yeah. more deadpan? I see. So so my brain was just, this is not typical. What is going on? <laughs> I don't, brain does not work. Brain does not function. Why are they trying a different trope, but packaging it in a different, in a different character? So I think after a while, I will rewatch it again. Just so... I don't have the mentality of taking it as a lighthearted and I need to use my brain a little bit more because even though I wasn't doing anything the first time when I watched it it was just fun to meme it but I think I've got to not meme it and watch it seriously the next time please do I love it (laughs) highly recommend I think just the because you reminded me that I think at least for the first arc and like the first girl which Mm -hmm. is my She's mm-hmm. like one of the main. She's a recurring character. Um, <laughs> I think what attracted me to the series uh, and like continued to make me enjoy it was the characters, as you said, don't follow that archetype. They feel more witty. Mm-hmm. They they feel like the at least the main two for that first arc. They're always mm-hmm. in this this battle of like trying to not one up each other, but like get each other in some sort of weird trap (laughs) yeah (laughs) like she always tries to say uh, do you mean like 
this? Is that what you're trying to say? He's like, no, I don't mean like that. I mean something else. And she's like, hmm. And he's like, hmm. <laughs> so that kind of subtle banter between them. Deadpan yeah. banter. Because you can tell that they they care about each other, but they never explicitly say that. Mm. Um, which I think is really it, it does the whole idea of like show don't tell very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I was very much first at, thrown off by because the opening the opening scene is just he's in the library I think <laughs> yeah. and then she just appears in a bunny costume yeah I'm just like what am I watching because I already knew that she was in a bunny costume but I thought that was like going to be explained later <laughs> it's not it's not just gonna open the show with her in a bunny costume <laughs> but yes now that I, I will- know yeah, I will say the opening scene and the the name of the anime itself <laughs> does not let on to the type of show it is at all. I swear. <laughs> Don't judge your anime by its opening scene slash title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, that's my middle three. That's your okay. So then the next ones mine are. Okay, so the next three mine are is House Moving Castle, and then Spring Awakening, and then uh, Spring Awakening is a musical, and then the last one is The Shape of Water, which is a movie. So I'll briefly, I, I kind of want to talk a bit more about Spring Awakening, but I'll briefly talk about House Moving Castle and Shape of Water. You know what House Moving Castle is. I'm sure yes. most people know what it is. It's a Studio Ghibli animated film. It's it's just a feel good film. Uh, I like the music. I like the characters. The English dub is actually good for once. Have you watched a lot of Ghibli films? Um, I've watched. I haven't watched all of them, which I will need to do sometime. But I've watched most of them. Well, at least most of the big ones, at least, because mm-hmm. there are some smaller Studio Ghibli films that yeah. I haven't watched. But yeah, most of the big ones I've watched. So like, I I will say one of my special mentions is Spirited Away because that was the first ever one I watched. And I watched it as a very young kid and did not understand anything that was happening except that there was, at one point, the parents turned into pigs and there was a giant baby. (laughs) I remember that too. (laughs) I watched it as like a young kid. And I was like, what happened here? Why are they pigs now? Yeah. (laughs) And then I just carried that memory with me for like the next 10 years until I saw a movie poster in in a Japanese restaurant. And it was spirited away and it had... Uh, Chihiro, the main the main character, and two pigs in the poster or something, and I'm like, that's the movie that I watched. Oh my god, I know the name now. Yeah, but Spirited Away is in my special mention because of the nostalgia factor. I mean, it's a good movie, but I personally like House Moving Castle because music. I like. Uh, I mean, the relationship's always nice. It's a feel good to watch relationships blossom on screen, but I like. The story of the main character, Sophie, she's initially sort of like a sort of 
insecure sort of been put in the shadows sort of person she kind of just works in the back and sort of kind of almost like a Cinderella type character where right. they just kind of put her to work and she's not the center of anything that sort of that sort of vibe right but then um and then so she gets a spell put on her which makes her look old but there are periods throughout the film where when you see her gain confidence she and she gains confidence throughout the period throughout the film but there was like one scene where you see her gain a lot of confidence as she's speaking her mind or so and you see her get a lot younger and I thought that was like a really nice metaphor sort of just like her gaining confidence was a nice um that was like a nice visual representation I guess you're reminding me of what this movie was about (laughs) because I've seen the movie I just forget a lot about what happened in it yeah I think Studio Ghibli films they have like a nice story but there are also a lot of like small details that are just thrown in sporadically everywhere that you know they fill out the story well but it's also I don't remember some of this half the time if I didn't rewatch the film I would just have forgotten about it yeah, so, so House Moving Castle, pretty solid film. I don't have, I mean, there's probably more remarks if I thought about it more, but we're going to push on. Um, so The Shape of Water, I guess um, it's one of the, another one of those like weirdly polarizing films because people are like, because it's sort of around the story between a mute um, woman who works in this sort of, uh government facility and the government has um found this amazonian creature and they've brought it back to test on it because it's sort of human-like in a way but it like lives in the water and that sort of stuff and so i think people are polarized by it being like oh that's like bestiality or whatever and i'm like but you're fine with beauty and the beast question mark (laughs) uh (laughs) so I mean, for me, it's like, whatever. But I like the film. Firstly, I really liked the composer who directed, uh, who composed the um, the soundtrack. His music is very, whim- not whimsical, but it's very magical, mm-hmm. is how I would describe it. Whimsical makes it seem very, like, happy and stuff. But I think yeah. magical seems maybe a bit better he also um, made the music for like another movie that I watched called the Danish girl and it sort of like fits the period theme almost very well but it's like seems very like beautiful ethereal magical I don't know I just really like the type of music that he makes so I thought that was really good Um, the second reason why I thought it was good is the use of color in the film the film is for the most part I think it's graded quite on the cool green side and I think green is used a lot as like a a symbol for the future it's like oh people want green cars because I think it was set during like don't quote me on this but it's set maybe during the cold war-ish period I don't know I can't be 100% sure but it's during that time where people were like, oh, I want new cars. I want new 
um, I want new things, I want money, that sort of stuff. So like green is like the color of the future sort of thing. Right. And then so, um, but then they also, um, when the character, the main character, I think her name is, I can't remember her name. Is it Eliza? Oh, dang, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've watched it. Watched it twice, but it's still been a while. She she kind of goes against the grain, and so they make her wear red as sort of like, and it pops against all the green, right? So she it's like she's making an act of defiance, sort of. I thought that was really cool. I really like the symbolism. Um, and also why it's called the shape of water is because apparently water has a particular shape, but it it I don't know what the shape's name is called, but it has many faces. And so it's saying that like this particular quote unquote love story is only like one facet and there can be many other stories that are like they'll just look, they'll have a different face to it. I see. Yeah. And I don't know. I just really like the movie. I like sort of the progression it takes, sort of all the small bits and details that they put into it. Um, I think the ending was also, again, appropriate. <laughs> pretty appropriate, eh? I would say. I mean, um, yeah, I'm going to just move on because it's been a while since I've watched it. But the last one is, well, for the middle, the middle row, I guess, is Spring Awakening. And so why I chose this, um, so for drama, you have to do a project, um, your individual project. So we have a group project that you do in a team. But for your individual project, if you choose to do something such as costume design, you want to direct something or you want to do lighting design, those sorts of stuff, you have to choose a piece from a designated list. And so after looking at the entire list, I was like, All right, I'm going to do Spring Awakening because I listened to the soundtrack and I like the soundtrack. <laughs> and so, um, Basically, it's set in, I think, the 18th century Germany. And at the time, like, people are very sexually repressed because it's ye olde times. It's the 18th century. It's the 18th century. And so um, it's sort of about how um, the miscommunication between adults and children and how adults refuse to tell anything to their children about sort of like the birds and the bees and such and so as a result of this miscommunication children make a lot of mistakes and so they have to deal with the repercussions of these mistakes and the adults sort of realize like oh what happens when you don't communicate with your children about stuff if you don't like tell them things that they should know and so I thought um how they did this was even though it's set in a very historical time period the songs are rock songs they're very contemporary songs and so it's like a stark contrast right and so rock is used um because the frustration and sort of pent-up anger from the children I guess they're kind of tweens I guess um they have that's reflective in the rock genre it's it's mm. a good match right the angst yes the angst and so, you know, I thought it was a really good 
musical. It's um, I, the story was was um, I wasn't I was gonna say cool, but it's, cool is not the right word. It's I like the story that it's trying to tell. But what really brought it over the edge is um, recently they um, this group they redid the musical so the musical was originally done on Broadway in like 20 2006 so like a while ago but then a new company um redid the musical um in more recent time maybe like 2019 no not 2019 I don't know 2016 2015 around that time they redid it and what's unique about this one is they incorporated hard of hearing or deaf actors and so they also had to incorporate ASL um, sign like sign language into into it and so they were able to choreograph the ASL into the movements so it seemed more as another way to even for people who are not hard of hearing or not deaf the ASL just seems sort of a natural choreography that would visually represent what the story is going on oh that's so cool yeah it's really I really liked that because it's not just them signing directly word for word what the person is saying they also had to put a lot of thought into is this the right translation that still carries the meaning over because ASL is not a direct translation of English Mm. so they did that so they had to have one signing actor and then they also had um an actor who could speak and sing um so they also played with um, act like they chose deliberately which actors could sing and speak and which actors would just sign. So some actors who did not feel heard by the adults. So for example, they would be signing and then the adults would speak. So then that's like a very physical representation oh, yeah. of them not being able to hear each other, right? And then another character another main character he's able to um he signs and sings and speaks so he's just the one character he doesn't have a counterpart he because he knows he's an, he's described as an atheist he doesn't believe in like god he knows about all of the anatomy and sort of the repercussions of you know doing the deed with other people and so he's supposedly like more knowledgeable about stuff so that's why he can speak and sort of portray his feelings and he doesn't feel as like repressed as all the other kids and I just thought that that added like an extra layer to the story that was already yeah. very impactful and so that's that was so interesting yeah and that one just really brought it up over the edge of the original story and so that made me really enjoy the musical a lot more than I had already enjoyed it oh yeah it's so interesting that they they chose to incorporate sign language into a musical mm-hmm. because yeah. you think of a musical music is probably a big part of a musical <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so having an audience that's deaf or hard of hearing and then having them be able to experience it in their own ways very creative it is i think um they there was a bunch of youtube videos that i watched um just as i was doing research for my project 
because um, even though I was looking mostly at costume, I still wanted to know sort of why they made their creative choices in case I could garner some information from that. And so because some of the actors are hard of hearing, hard of hearing or deaf, they can't hear the music, right? And the music's often a very big cue of when something is supposed to happen, if you're supposed to move somewhere. Um, so they would have to incorporate actions that don't look like anything to the audience but it mean, it cues the person, so such as, oh, I'm going to rip the paper at this point in time. So then the deaf actors or hard of hearing actors, they would know, oh, this is my cue to go. Um, and then so also for, um, I think for some of the sign language, even though it's not a direct translation, they still try to keep it, they still try to use um, more formal English that would have represented sort of the English that was spoken during that time. And they also, because most, musical, most musicals, um, because it's songs, they have more poetry-like quality to them, right? It's not typical how you would speak everyday language. So they also try to make sure that the ASL and stuff would also retain that poetry-like or metaphorical-like quality to them. So I thought that the way that they incorporated it and the amount of thought that they put into it was really well done. And they didn't just say, oh, this is a group of people that we have to work with and we want to make it accessible. They also utilized it as a really good storytelling tool. Yeah, that is worthy of a top that that's worthy of the three by three. Yes, I, I get I get very passionate about talking about these and I don't. Um, I think during when I was doing the research, I didn't talk about it a lot. And I don't really have anyone to talk about it with a lot. So I just like, I just spew all the information out whenever I get the chance. And so hopefully someone out there can, I mean, you're not supposed to watch it because filming live shows is technically illegal. But if you manage to happen to find it somewhere on the internet, I would definitely recommend watching it. How does I I do because I don't go to theatrical performances really ever. <laughs> How does it work in that um, if they just stop performing it at some point, it just that's it. You can never see it again. Yes. Yeah, so um, so I think they'll usually have like a running period. So say they'll be on like oh we're going to be on Broadway for like two years, and then. They have an original cast that's been with the show for a long time and they're performing it and then either they'll like take it off and then um, maybe someone else can like readapt it or something a couple years later as you know like movies do that and stuff or um, also the original cast can come off because they've done they've spent a lot of time with the show and they want to move on to new stuff and then they have new people um, do that show instead. So that's what's happening with like Hamilton. Hamilton came out a while ago, um, but the original cast has moved on from the show, but the show is still running on Broadway, I'm pretty sure, but it just has a different cast. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch a musical for once. 
Well, I mean, you've watched I mean, The Lion King and Wicked. I've seen a couple, yeah. I've seen a couple <laughs> musical theatrical performances, but it's like not. I I usually prefer the 2D, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, watching anything through a screen is technically 2D. You got me there. <laughs> hey, maybe I will expand my my horizons. <laughs> yes, I I really enjoy I really enjoyed the show. Um, even, even without knowing, like, even if I've never found about, found out about the ASL rendition that they did, I still really enjoyed it just because first and foremost, the songs are really good and I just really like the story. You sold me. Yeah. Okay. And then we're on to our last row. Our last three. Yeah. Okay. These are the three that I I think you probably don't really know. Yes. Um, so these three for me are Gravity Falls, which is the Western show, animated show by Disney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a Place Further Than the Universe, which is an anime. And then Five Centimeters Per Second, which is a film. Oh, this Five Centimeters Per Second. Yes, oh, this is Five Centimeters Per Second. I see. The, Makoto Shinkai film before your name. <laughs> yes, and here I was thinking of Capwing. <laughs> I. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> Capwing is the uh, it's the watermark for the three by three maker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, face okay, okay, okay. Yes. Um, honestly, I could talk about any of these three to some degree of length. So, <laughs> uh, which do you want to talk about first? Um, you can do Gravity Falls because I kind of know of Gravity Falls. Okay. Um, so Gravity Falls actually, to describe what it is, it's it's like a kids show, but sort of not. <laughs> it's it's one of those shows where the the primary demographic is kids. Mm-hmm. And you can watch it as a kid and enjoy the story and enjoy the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does, it's one of those shows that I feel like can also appeal to like adult watchers. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of akin to the the special, well, we'll leave that later. But yeah, sort of <laughs> akin to other like, animated shows like Adventure Time, um, which I feel like has some adult appeal or like regular show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be appreciated by both audiences. Yeah. I think the thing I really liked about Gravity Falls is that it sets out uh, what it aims to do. Um, so the series creator, Alex Hirsch, he has basically said that Gravity Falls was intended to capture the the mood of like a summer vacation. Mm. And so... The premise of the story is that um, these two young kids, Dipper and Mabel, um, which are twins, they're twin siblings, and so they they go on this like summer vacation to their great uncle um, Stan, who like runs a mystery shack, and that they they his whole thing is like he's a con artist, but he's like a scammer, but he sells these like wacky like su- supposedly supernatural things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, except 
like and then basically what happens is Dipper finds this um, journal which documents actual supernatural things that happen so every episode there's there's some sort of creature or there's some sort of like supernatural thing that happens to him and Mabel or mm-hmm. the, the whole gang uh, and they have to find um, some solution out of it so it's sort of like a kid's show premise mm-hmm. but the overarching story um, especially when it gets to season two becomes a lot deeper or like a lot more serious um, in that I don't want to spoil anything because I think it's it's a good show. <laughs> I think people should give it a give it a shot at least. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it can it it plays that tone of like oh you know it's happy go lucky, wacky things happen to these kids and then everything's fine by the end of the twenty minutes. But um, once once you sort of see a lot of the characters real motivations for doing things um it becomes really interesting of of like you just wouldn't expect it for a kid's show where it's like oh like great uncle stan they call him grunkle stan in the show but like grunkle stan he's like he's not just like a a dumb con artist of an uncle mm-hmm. he's like he's thinking about this other plot point <laughs> he has ulterior motives he does have ulterior motives and mm. it, i thought that part because they they sort of allude to it in the end of the first episode mm-hmm. um and that's what kept me watching is because there are throughout the show there are these very subtle hints or like very subtle easter eggs that allude you to this idea that um that characters are not what they just seem to be. Mm. And so I thought that was really interesting. And then it captures the whole idea of a summer vacation because they go through this whole big event, but the series ends um, pretty much in a very concise way because a lot of the, a lot of fans of the show will be like, oh, where's season three? When, when's season three coming? But the show ends with them finishing their summer vacation. They just go back home. Mm. And um, the creator, Alex Hirsch, has been like, we ended it there intentionally. Like, we're never making a season three because that's the end of the show. That's It's it's the summer vacation. That's it. It's ended <laughs> and appropriately. It ended appropriately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I respect that, that they're not giving in to demand. They're like, nope, this was our creative decision. We're sticking by it. Yeah, I I value that a lot about creative shows. Um, and I think Gravity Falls did it well. And I think the message, even if the ending was a bit of a cop-out, I think that the message of the ending was powerful. Mm, I think. Um, because... To not explain what the ending is, basically what happens is um, a character has to make a choice that at the time would have lasting consequences, mm-hmm. but in the end it didn't really have lasting consequences. Ah, uh, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay. yeah, I think Gravity Falls is a, is a very well done Western animated show. Mm. I think um, we... Oh, yeah, keep going. 
Uh, I think I've only ever watched bits and pieces when I was at hotel at hotel rooms and saw it on the Cartoon Network that was available yeah. on hotel TV. And it seemed initially quite lighthearted. I think I did watch one episode that was like probably maybe one of the turning points of when it started to get serious. And mm-hmm. because I had watched it out of order or very sporadically, I was like, is this the same show? <laughs> yeah. Did I just make up all the other episodes in my brain? What? So I think I really like it when shows, they seem one way, but they're hiding another thing. Or I think something that is really easy to compare to is like when songs sound happy but their lyrics are very Yo, sad. I love that. <laughs> right? I really like it when when they do that because it's like oh because if you're not paying attention it seems one way but when you are and you actually use your brain for once it has a different meaning. And it I'm makes just like, you feel smart. <laughs> yeah it does and I'm just I'm just thinking bro this is big brain. The creators are so big brained. The create, oh, I love, I love smart artists. <laughs> yes. Props to them, honestly. So, I reckon, I reckon, Gravity Falls is something that I need to watch. I also want to watch Steven Universe. I feel I need to watch some of the Cartoon Network mm. cartoons because I've only ever watched them sporadically. I've never been able to watch them sequentially. Yeah, I think definitely you should watch Gravity Falls sequentially. And it is only two seasons. So <gasps> you could probably it's it's something that you can you don't feel like you have to commit to. <laughs> um Steven Universe is certainly longer. I I think the episodes for Steven Universe are only ten minutes though. I'm not sure about that. Oh, I see, I see. But Steven Universe, um, I have never seen it myself. But Gia has. Uh, Gia, Gia loves, or Gia is a big fan of Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm not sure if she likes it as much as she likes Gravity Falls, though. Because she was the one that recommended I watch Gravity Falls. Oh, I see, I see. Uh, so I think Steven Universe may be a bit more targeted towards kids. Oh, I see. I, I don't know. I've always just heard good things about it. It was it was always watch Gravity Falls, watch Steven Universe, and watch Adventure Time. But mm. Gravity Falls always has that air of I'm actually a show that isn't just you should watch sporadically. You have to watch sequentially. Yeah, Unlike regular show or Adventure Time, those kinds of just oh, it's on TV, I'm going to just watch it. It's whatever. I think Gravity Falls is one of the best modern cartoons. Oh, that's but, pretty high praise. Yeah. I mean, at least for cartoons for children. I haven't seen a lot of cartoons for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, of those three shows, like, Steven Universe, Adventure Time, Gravity Falls, I it's hard to say for Steven Universe. I understand the plot of Steven Universe, and I also know certain plot points, and I've watched a lot of the music videos. Because the music is really good. Yes, I've heard. But I think Gravity Falls is, by and large, 
the best series. Ooh, okay, I might add it to the list then. Okay. Wait, I also have to add another thing to my special mentions list. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. Uh, okay, okay, so that's Gravity Falls. Mm-hmm. A place further than the universe. This one was one I, I sort of. It was one of those ones where I was making the list and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, this show is pretty cool. I'll just throw it in. But I thought about it more, and it's actually just a really. It's touching, but it's also, um, inspiring in a way. Do you know anything about this show at all? No. Okay. So. The premise of this show is four girls just stop everything in their lives and they go on an adventure. And their adventure is to go to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And what's charming about this show is that each of the four girls have some, they have a different motivation for wanting to travel to Antarctica and make this like life decision as a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. And I think anyone who watches it can resonate with at least one of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, see, see. I think it's because there's, it's just a generally fun show. Most of the show is just like, oh, it's, you know, four cute anime girls. They go to a <laughs> <park> show. <laughs> they get to wacky adventures and they, they <laughs> all these things, they be scientists. Um, but it has, I think it also just has like this air of like, hey, these characters, they they decided to do something about their lives that they were unhappy with. They just went out on an adventure and they went and had an experience that was unforgettable. And they they were like, oh, well, I mean, I don't need to really go to school or like, I don't need to work this job or I need, I don't need to to be a star i can just just go and have this experience and meet all these people um and there is the main reason i remembered this show is there's one scene uh in this i think it's the second last episode there's one scene that is so sad (laughs) it's I it was a scene I definitely cried. <laughs> it's it's just such a powerful like punch in the gut <laughs> of emotion. Oh, I see. Do you ever punch? <gasps> um, I don't know. I might. I always have FOMO of like uh, whenever people talk about good shows, I'm like I might watch it. I see. So, okay, I won't spoil it then, but. Like, there, there's definitely a moment in this the second last episode where it's just like oh, they work so hard. <laughs> oh, wait, I didn't expect it to take that turn because when you were describing it at first, it just reminds me of what every person who's ever gone on a gap year would say. It was life changing. I just dropped everything I was doing. And I just went <laughs> on a big trip of self discovery. I really found myself and who I'm meant to be. I think it captures that that kind of. I mean, <laughs> I know you say it in that way, but I think but the it, sentiment it really, is there. Yeah, it definitely captures that sentiment. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's a good show to watch. Mm-hmm. I 
I don't know if I would put it necessarily as like a a great show, but I think that uh, you can if you can relate to the characters, you can enjoy it. Okay, I mean, you did say that you'd relate to at least one of the characters. I I think most people would relate to at least one of the character motivations. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, and then my last one, the five centimeters per second movie. Yes. The movie, right? The movie. Um, This one, it's interesting because when most people think of like an anime movie, they think of your name, they think of a silent voice, Mm -hmm. or they think of Studio Ghibli. Mm. Um, This movie is done by the same, or directed by the same guy who did your name, but it's one of his older works, I believe. Um, And I think what I liked about this movie was it was, I think I'm sensing a theme now that I talk about it, where I like media that goes against cliches and tries to portray a more accurate version of real life. (laughs) Which is funny because it's like, I want 2D characters to be like (laughs) 3D characters. (laughs) Uh, that is true. I mean, I <laughs> I want my sense of realism destroyed but restored. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think five centimeters per second. It probably doesn't come to a lot of people's minds because the the story is very much just like nothing happens. And it's what I like about it is that idea of nothing happening is a theme of the the message i feel like the movie is trying to tell because the premise is there's these two like childhood friends they they grow up and they um they they sort of like they're good childhood friends but then as they grow up and the movie just shows them at different stages of growing up in their lives they slowly start to move apart mm-hmm. and the the metaphor is that oh you know the sakura leaves of a tree fall at five centimeters per second in the same way that they are moving apart and so i just thought that it was a interesting take in a genre where i felt like it was very it was always the fairy tale ending it was always like oh they just find a way to meet again like in your name in your name they were set three years apart it's like a it, somehow they just they met <laughs> bro that's why i don't everyone says your name's like a great movie but i'm just it's all right it's just falls into a lot of typical tropes like the gender gender swap and then the faded meeting and then the, yeah just uh, you know you've seen it all seen it all before I, I have heard a lot about five centimeters per second and how good it is i think yeah because Basically, what happens is, like, they the movie just keeps showing them getting so close to meeting, but never quite. Oh. And it's, I, I just thought that it was so, it, it taught me, like, oh, hey, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes yeah. people just drift apart, and that's just life. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so interesting to portray in, in a genre where you would think that they, somehow it works out, but it just doesn't. 
Mm. I think it would keep you. It would keep people who have been exposed to that trope a lot waiting and hoping. Yeah, it definitely kept me waiting. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and I think... it's been keeping me waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that idea, though, because a lot of anime, they tend to just romanticize everything and give you that feel good because it, it's easy. Yeah. It's real easy to make audiences satisfied with a feel good ending. But it's a lot harder to portray something realistic and not have it be boring, but still resonate with people enough. and. I think that idea of having them always almost meet is quite interesting because, I mean, in life, I'm sure, like, you're probably, even if you drift apart, you're probably always maybe near missing people, but it's just because they've lost significance in your life, so they don't stand out anymore. It's like if I were to go out and I would probably be more likely to bump into someone that I know and have contacted recently because they're like still fresh in my brain I like they mean a lot to me so they stand out more whereas someone that I haven't talked to in ages it's like probably doesn't stand out as much so I think but like they'll still be there and I think that's a really interesting portrayal that it's just constant misses if that makes yeah. sense yeah it's real life but in anime <laughs> what a concept what a concept okay I I have been convinced I think I should watch this one what five centimeters per second I I've I've had this one on my list because I've heard about it in high school but I didn't get to watching it I watched the other one which is the girl who jumped through time or something Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, I've watched that one. And I think I downloaded five centimeters per second. But I didn't get around to watching it. Or maybe I did watch it and I just forgot because it's been a really <laughs> long time. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should rewatch it again if I have. Maybe I think the, to be honest, I don't think the movie is for everyone. I I think it's you have to sort of sit down because the movie the whole premise is nothing happens mm-hmm. and so you have to appreciate the broader themes that it's trying to hit <laughs> if you, you can't just watch the movie and be entertained it's like you have to think about it which is also a theme that I'm realizing with a lot of the shows <laughs> I like <laughs> it's about the journey and not the destination. True. <laughs> but yeah, that rounds out my my three by three. Alrighty, and then there's just mine left to go. So the mine, the last three on mine. So I have. Okay, Real Steel is something. It's a movie. Um, I just put it in here because. Low-key, I was running out of things to put. It's also <laughs> one of the movies that I, me and my dad, we watched it a lot. And the first time I watched it was in a hotel TV room. So I never watched the entire thing the first time. I watched, like, the last maybe half hour of it. But um, 
back in the day when we used to watch TV, they would sometimes have, like, when you flick through the channels, they'll have the channel name with the name of what's playing at the moment. So Uh, then I remember the name. And then one day when we went into, I think it's Video Easy that they used to sell DVDs as well that they're no longer renting. So they would just sell it for, like, 10 bucks, I think. And then I saw this movie and I was like, oh. This is my opportunity to finally watch it. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Um, so I'll talk a bit more about Real Steel. And then the last two is Weightlifting Fairy Kim Bukju, which is a K-drama. And then the last one is uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But yes. I will just encompass that I will... Like in a subcategory, I just like the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> I can see that. But anywho, okay. So going back to Real Steel, um, I just like the movie. It's just I don't know why. I just like the movie. Basically, the premise of the movie is, um, Hugh Jackman plays the main character, and we're set in like twenty. I think we're set in twenty twenty. Because <laughs> it came out in 2011. Okay. It's either 2020 or 2030. One of those. And now they've replaced human boxing with robots. Because oh. So now there's these giant ass robots, and the people just control them from the sidelines, and you just watch them box. They had a lot of hope for 2020. <laughs> they really did. So the world's moved on a little bit. And so the main character, he's, you know, kind of had a rough time. Um, His new robot got destroyed and he owes people a lot of money. And then he realizes that he has a kid that that he just never met. And so they kind of have a little bit of an estranged relationship. And then um, the story is just about how they, like, bonded together and, you know, kind of became a bit more like a normal father-son relationship and yeah so I just liked it first because I think they built the robots and they try to minimize the amount of CGI that they use so the robots actually look really realistic and it's pretty sick I really like them they did a lot of good work with the robots second I think uh, Hugh Jackman's performance in it and the actor who plays his son in the movie, they're really, they had, it's not chemistry because obviously they had sort of, they butt heads at the beginning, but I liked their interactions throughout the movie. Um, and they're both kind of stubborn in a way, but then they eventually come together and it's, and it's really nice, very heartwarming at the end. Um I guess it's sort of like there's nothing much special about the movie other than I just really like the premise <laughs> of it. I yeah, that's have, okay. Yeah, I don't really have much to say. It's just if you want a really sick looking movie with like cool robot fights and sort of heartwarming towards the end and you want to watch a Hugh Jackman film <laughs> for some reason, I would recommend Real Steel. Um, okay. And then weightlifting fairy Kimbukju. I wanna know about this one. The <laughs> name is 
<laughs> insane. It's quite insane. So main character is called Kim Bukju. And so she goes to a sports university because she um, is really good at weightlifting. And so it's sort of just like a slice of life romantic comedy. And I really liked it because of that. It was just very easy watch. And so um, it's hard to say what the premise is because there isn't really a premise, if that makes sense. It's just sort of things are happening and they unfold. It's not where, like, the first episode lays out, this is their Mm. mission, this is where they're going to go. Because they're in university, right? Right. So it's just they just go through university and then we watch her and her friends and the other characters interact and how they progress through university. Sounds very slice of lifey. Yes, it is very slice of lifey. And then so um, there's a childhood friend that she meets and he's a swimmer and they both go to the university together and you can see the relationship forming. But um, I really liked it because um, the main character, Kim Bok-ju, she's very headstrong. She kind of just doesn't really care about what other people think. But you can see how, like, things around her, she, like, goes through sort of, like, ah, uh, like, I have a crush on someone, so I want to, like, change my appearance. Sort of, um, she wants to, like, diet and stuff. And there's, like, that conflicts with her being a weightlifter because, like, you have to eat a lot. Mm. And in order to lift stuff, right, you can't be, like, a stick-thin person, even though the person who plays her is a model. But that's <laughs> the point. Um, I really liked the character interactions. I really liked the relationship. That It's very wholesome. And it's, like, I remember watching it when I was, like, 16, 17 and be like, dang, this is so wholesome. I was going <laughs> to – 16-year-old me is just like, dang, this is set – the bar high for relationships oh wow i mean it, you know it's a k-drama obviously or exaggerated and such yeah. but they have like a very typically k-dramas like the dramatic ones they always like they go through pushes and pulls and it's like they break up and then they come back together and it's, it's like mm-hmm. it's it's tiring because at the end it's just like oh you together but at what cost at what cost just make a choice but like even though they um obviously it's like 16 episodes so obviously they're not going to get together straight away but it just seemed very nice and they like cared for each other and it's very cute and they're very supportive and it's just like gives me the butterflies and the warm feeling in my heart we need that sometimes yes I like watch it every now and then if I need like a pick me up series. It's like it's very solid. I very much enjoy it. And I don't think there has been one that I've watched since that one that has been able to recreate that sense of feeling. Mm. It's it's like a very special one that's just like very self-contained and like it's got the right vibe. I don't know how to explain it. And then the last one is um, Into the Spider-Verse. And I just really like this because it's a sick animation, animated movie. That's what I've heard, yeah? Yes. Like, you should just... Okay, so I'll tie this into Arcane and, like, 
one of the reasons why you should watch both of these series is because the stylistic choices that they made are just incredible that they really push the boundaries of what is usually seen in animation. Like for Spider-Verse, they've um, gone with like a comic book theme and I think like 3D, sort of like that blue-red sort of vibe, glitchiness, that sort of thing, it all ties together thematically well with the movie and sort of the medium that they've drawn from. And like you don't obviously see that in a lot of movies just because first of all, um, doesn't call for it but at least they've like been able to utilize that to their strength and not just be like oh we came from a comic book let's just put the comic sands in the in the speech bubble like they, <laughs> they actually like went and a lot of like pop art they do like the the ones with like a lot of circles instead of like yeah, straight shading so they use that it's like mm. it's really really great to just watch visually such it's so satisfying and then, yeah, I would say the same for, like, Arcane. Since we're, like, rounding out the end of the 3 by 3s might as well just chuck in yeah. special mentions. Arcane has the same thing where a lot of the choices that they've made creatively to express sort of the different characters and their personalities or what they're thinking is made very deliberately. And it's just visually very attractive to watch. And just mm. so satisfying. Like I wish I I like even though Arcane's only available on Netflix and it's designed for like that TV show format, I kind of almost wish that it was available cinematically because it just looks so cool that I really wanted to like see it on like a bigger screen and sort of have the entire experience. Right. Yeah. Um into the Spider-Verse um encapsulates sort of also Spider-Man as a theme and as a superhero has been done so many times that I think coming into um, into the Spider-Verse, they had that fear. Like, there could be the fear of what else are you going to do? We've already yeah. seen so many renditions of the story, but they were, out, they were able to integrate the, like, multiverse very well. There were so many Spider-Men that I didn't realize that there was Andrew Garfield was a Spider-Man. I know. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. And yeah, I they they were able to just integrate that really well, very seamlessly. And now I mean now MCU has already expanded to the multiverse. So um so yeah, I don't I think my biggest my biggest compliment for that movie would just be would just be animation style and that it's visually very appealing. I think story, I mean, it's pretty solid story. It's a superhero movie. Mm, yeah. um, it's um, it has sort of the same compliments of why people like Spider-Man. It's because he's like a teenager. He's going through the same problems that most teenagers go through. We're also battling like um struggling like with his identity of being like a superhero and all that sort of stuff and i mean pretty standard for him as a character but um, getting to see like a new rendition of it um was very nice that's also funny to like see other spider-mans that they pulled from different universes as well so i mean pretty standard i just like the movie yeah i've i mean gia has praised the animation of 
into the Spider-Verse an immense amount. <laughs> and she is the art person in this relationship, so <laughs> I will have to take her word for it. Yes, like, honestly, so many screenshots from that movie people just use as wallpapers just because it's so Damn, that's good. Yes, so definitely very, very solid. Um, Yeah, Arcane. um, Arcane, other than animation, I think the storyline so far has been pretty solid for the most part. Some, I mean, I do have just like sort of minor things about it, but overall it's pretty good. I think they're probably going to continue the story so we'll see how it goes and whether they integrate more people into the storyline and how they do it but apparently I think the lore has been sort of all over the place and Mm. so Arcane has done really well in integrating all these characters together into some sort of cohesive storyline and they haven't tried to because there's so many characters in League, I'm pretty sure. But they've focused on like a select few and were able to weave them into a coherent story rather than trying to like dip their hands into many pies and like grab as many characters as they could. So I think they did really well on like focusing on a select story and also crafting the background of each story because the characters in League have like their weapons or powers of choice or all all those things but their background has shown sort of like how they've developed these sorts of weapons of choice and how they use them in combat and that sort of stuff so I thought that was really really nice I think we have a common ground of just enjoying shows where the creator cares about the show that they're creating bruh honestly like I I respect it when they actually think deeply about it and they don't they put all these details that might often go unnoticed but it's like when you do notice it you just have immense respect for the creator yeah 100 percent. yes my favorite thing to come from arcane is the meme where it's like don't let arcane fool you don't play league of legends <laughs> 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 Next minute, <Stop>. <laughs> opens a <laughs> the, riot. The playbase rises. <laughs> okay, so did you have any special mentions now that we're we're rounding out our three by threes? Special mentions. I did have a couple. I'll sort of just rattle them off because we've been gone for so long. <laughs> um, Kokoro Connect is a show that I think was also extremely well done, and. Um. Um, it, the only reason, to be honest, I didn't put it on my list is because I feel like it fits a similar niche to Bunny Girl Senpai, um, mm. where the show, it has this overarching story of like a supernatural power, uh, but the series is primarily focused on the relationships and the characters. Mm, I see. Um, other noteworthy shows... I thought of, honestly, I thought about putting Haikyuu on there just because <sighs> it's just so hype. <laughs> it's, be quite hype. It's, it makes me want to learn how to play volleyball, but <laughs> hey. Um, 
yeah, those are the ones that come off to my mind. I'm also cognizant because my headphones are about to run out of battery. <laughs> so we got to wrap up soon. Alrighty. Uh, my special mentions are Avatar, The Last Airbender. Uh, Amazing very, show. Very solid. Yes, very, very solid show. Watched it recently and have been in love with Appa ever since. <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> Okay, and then other ones is a series of unfortunate events, the TV series, the Netflix series. I thought that was really well done, and they finally finished off um, the actual series and didn't just leave it off where the movie left off. Um, It's also kind of creepily crazy how close one of some of the actors looked to the original (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> movie cast i was kind of spooked out um spirited away special mention oh my gosh paddington i love paddington 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 is a movie and he's just like a bear and we watch him live his life as he tries to uh, like live with this english family <laughs> and, he, and we watch him go on these like adventures and stuff and it's such a cute movie Honestly, please watch Paddington. Okay, I'll put it on the list. Yes. Um, and then what else? A uh, K-drama that I watched recently is Navalera. Mm-hmm. Navalera is, um, it's just about how this um, old dude, he really, wa- he really wanted to learn ballet when he was younger, but his dad said no. And so now as he's getting older, he's like, you know what? I'm going to just learn ballet. YOLO. And he... Learns ballet, but from this guy who's like dealing with his own problems, and he kind of takes ballet a little bit for granted. And so we see their relationship and how they help each other grow. And yeah, I just thought it was a very nice. I was gonna say poignant, but I don't think poignant's the right word. I just think that it it's very nice and sort of serious drama, but you get to see a lot of growth. And again, has an appropriate ending, I think. And then last special mention is probably One Division. And oh. One Division, I just really like the concept of One Division and the name, the title, very clever. Just the <laughs> fact that they were able to. But it's like. <sighs> I wonder what the main characters' names are. Yeah, but it's also in relation to like television. Mm. So because they try and capture a different decade of television in each episode oh that is pretty creative yeah so i really like that um yeah those are my special mentions nice i guess we can wrap up now on our probably like three to four hour long episode (laughs) honestly it pretty much is (laughs) that i've got a lot of shows to watch a lot of things to put on the list yes indeed all right you want to wrap up there probably catch some sleep um and i will see you guys next week yeah five and a half four a.m see ya bye